What's up, everyone? It's Monday night, which means that it's game face, at least for the last couple weeks. For, yeah, for now. For the, <laughs> yeah, that's probably going to change, actually, in the very near future. We're trying to get back to Friday. I looked at the stats for our first Monday last week, and I think we had, like, half the total viewers mm-hmm. on our stream than we do on a Friday. Well, just we couldn't do it this past Friday because nothing happened. <laughs> well, so. here we are on Monday. And still, nothing, <laughs> and really. still nothing has happened. The game industry sort of took Easter off. Yeah, apparently. Uh, this is Game Face episode 123, the easiest episode to remember mm, probably Just ever. like Sesame Street. Yeah. <laughs> uh, game Face at Sifted.net, Sifted Games. Um, if you're on the stream and you don't normally check us out, that's where you can find us when we're not here on Twitch. A uh, couple housekeeping things. Let's see. Um... Oh, it's a new month, so you can subscribe to us through Twitch Prime. I already saw a couple of you guys did in the chat. Thank you very much. I saw Tomb Raiders did. Thank you, brother. Um, we actually did end up getting to the level we did the month prior. We did a late mm-hmm. month push, and we got back to where we were, which is great. Um, so thank you very much for doing that. We really appreciate it. It makes a big difference for us. Uh, Pactor Factor 100 is out there right now. Uh, pretty happy with how that turned out ultimately. It was a lot of work. Um, from beginning to end, it was a lot of pre-production, um, getting coordinating with all the people from the industry and everything. Um, Pactor kind of ruined this, a lot of the surprises, though, um, on Twitter before we went to mm. shoot it. He's like, oh, this is what we're going to do. And I was like, no, Pac, no, it's supposed to be a surprise. And it was too late. Yeah. And... He's an analyst, not a showman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not, a, not a digital marketer either. But uh, Ultimately, after all the work, I'm really happy with how it turned out. Uh, that will be going live to everybody else on Thursday on YouTube. So if you're watching our stream, you don't subscribe, you're not a patron, you'll be getting that show for free on Thursday. Um, what else? Or you could subscribe for two bucks and see it now. Or you could, yeah. It is just two dollars. Uh, speaking two dollars for a boat's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Speaking of which. Uh, what I've discovered is the, the first day of the month is a really dreadful time for me at this point because that's when the Patreon turns over. Yeah. And we scratched and clawed and fought last month. We had finally gotten our Patreon up to like 47, 50 or something like that. And then today comes and everything we did last month is just gone. It is so disheartening. I'm just going to. That happens on Patreon. They, they no, it happens to everybody. To everybody. Mm-hmm. Like what I've discovered about Patreon is whatever you get when you start, that's as high as it's ever going to get. And after talking to tons of other people on Patreon, it's the same thing for them. After mm-hmm. I talked to Colin about his Patreon, yep, first day biggest. It's just gone down ever since. You can look at Easy Allies mm-hmm. Patreon. You can see that theirs just has continued to go down. Um, I had the hopes of, okay, well, we almost hit six grand. That's the start. And, you know, it's only up from here. And mm-hmm. it's just only been down from there. Well, in general, it's going to, yeah, the, unless you sudden, somehow suddenly become the new hotness for th- yeah. for through some viral phenomenon. I, I don't even know how you do that. I, I really uh, Apparently, your name has to be Ninja and you play PUBG. I guess. I That's something I've, no- I mean, I've, I've noticed, you know, as, as other people I know uh, kind of pull back from the live stream, like, produced idea. Like, the work you put in, you know, and I've had this this conversation with, you know, in other jobs over the last year or two where it's like, you know, the old men that hold the money don't think that sitting on stream playing games and talking to people is work. Right. But it's the only work that matters in that arena. Oh, absolutely. Like, that's, that's yeah. the only way to build the audience, is the only way to build the report, the only way to build a reputation, it's the only way to build your personality. And like the reason, you know, it's not a coincidence that most of the big the big streamers are people who do who just do it 
and become big. They're not like, you know, you don't have like big companies or big outlets sort of manufacturing these stars because right. they can't because the people that hold the purse strings don't get it. Yeah. And uh, that is a that is a, a, a an obstacle to, you know, and I think the younger kids do get it and they know that you sit there on stream all day, you're making some kind of progress as yeah. long as you're playing something people want to watch. Yeah, I, I don't know what this is. It's another world. Like. It's not what we used to do. You know, we used to be a more, you know, when we worked in, you know, video production and media, it was more of a curation situation where like, you know, but that's gone. That's that's that format's gone. Like you don't need someone to tell you like, you know, two weeks later, like, you know, what the cool, like, thing that happened on the internet was. Like, that was yeah. kind of G4's role, almost, was yeah. like, hey, if you, in case you missed it, here's... Because you probably here's did. The, here's the keyboard cat again, you yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, no one needs that, you know? You know, one misses it anymore, social media, and there's so many social media platforms yeah. now. And the other thing, too, is there's so much redundancy on all those platforms. Mm -hmm. It's like, you'll just see the same thing on Facebook that you see on Twitter, that you see on Snapchat, that you yeah. see on Instagram. And, and there was also back then there was kind of a novelty of like, hey, these, these people on this weird cable channel are putting internet memes on TV. They're right. putting things that aren't There's on, you know, novelty that there, television yeah. doesn't acknowledge yet. Now it's like you can tune in and see, you know, that the, that dat boy thing on like the local news. I mean, nobody cares. You know, yeah. you know, I, I started to notice that a couple of years ago where it's like, yeah, you, you, it's not a unique thing anymore. What is it about Ninja? Because I've honestly never even watched I him. have no idea. Have you watched him? No. No. Like, I mean, I, he's got I, dyed hair. I mean, I've just... <laughs> is I've just he seen, really good at the game? I don't know. I don't... <laughs> I've seen people talk about it, and no one seems to really have a real answer. Uh, or if they do, the people I'm reading are too old to understand it. Yeah. Because um, it is funny. Because he's been a streamer for a very long time. He, was, did he, Halo. he did Halo for a long time and never really got anywhere, but now his, his PUBG blew up, and... Who can say? Because one thing I will say is that every time I start to get bummed out or depressed over everything... I, I'll see somebody like him, and I'm like, wow. So I'm not saying that I, I'm not that guy. Mm -hmm. I'm not the over-gregarious, like, crazy stream guy. That's just not me. It's not my personality. But you do see how some people can break through. Mm -hmm. And so it gives you that hope. You're like, oh, you know, this guy's been doing it for a long time, and he just suddenly broke through. It gives you this yeah. idea that it's possible, but... Well, it's like I, I did a show with uh, where one of the hosts was a big, fairly large streamer, uh, you know, a few million you know, followers and stuff, and uh, I, I asked him a little bit about it, and like, you know, basically he he said like I'm their friend. That's my job is I'm their friend. Like I, you know, it's like we have a, this relationship back and forth. But and that's he, that's not all of it. Though. It's not all of it, but it's a big <laughs> it's a big part of it. And like he and it, and part of it is also just sort of always being on. Where yeah. like he and I mean he and his friends who are also streamers and like they're on his stream and they kind of all they form like a kind of an unofficial network, I guess. And they got a house together. Because uh -huh. they had the money to do that, they got to rent rent this house, and that's all they did all day. Is yeah. they made videos and they did weird stuff in around the house, and they bought stuff to do new stunts, and they did you know live streams of of play, playing games and stuff. But they also like their lives were sort of they sort of lived in an aquarium. It's like almost. IRL in a yeah. lot of ways. Yeah. yeah, and like, and that was basically what what he did, and sort of how it all worked, and and and, and that was how he described it. it was as like you're basically it's like you're friends with everybody, just. But it's more like every day you call each other to tell each other what's going on. But in my case, I just turn the camera on and they just see what's going on and I try yeah. to make it entertaining for them. And uh, that's just, that's to, I think to people who grew up in traditional media like we did, that's a lot of work for very little effort. I don't even know that it's a lot of work. It's a lot of time dedicated to being on camera. Yeah. Where you have to be on mm -hmm. the whole time. Where you can't just... Because, I mean, let's be honest. These people, that's not... The people you see in these streams, that's not really who these people are. But at a certain point, 
If they become that person, right? Like, when do you get to be yourself at that point? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've read a lot of uh, articles and stories where they've interviewed a lot of big streamers and YouTubers, and they talk about, like, having to turn it on Mm -hmm. and then turn it off when they go off camera and how their lives, they start to forget who they really were. Mm -hmm. They're like, am I becoming this person that smiles all the time now? Like, is that who I am now? Or, like, I don't know. It's uh, it's an interesting phenomena, that's for Mm -hmm. sure. Uh, but like I said, when I see people like that to just kind of pop out of nowhere, it gives you that little bit of a charge like, hey, it's still possible to change things. But here we are like seven or eight months deep into our Patreon, and it's just been this steady downward trend. I mean, honestly, we've kind of plateaued at this point. Like mm-hmm. we hit 4,700, and that's just kind of where we stayed for like three or four months. But I'm killing myself. Like I'm working like insane hours, like trying to do anything to get it to go up. And then finally this last month, like it went up. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm sure Colin had something to do with it. Um, and then I wake up today and I look and it just, all of the gains just gone. And I went and looked at like the Patreon exit interviews and four of the people just wrote Colin Moriarty. <laughs> Basically saying like... I'll give you money for this month because They didn't though. No. They pledged, and that's the problem with Patreon, is people can pledge... Oh, so they pulled out before they got They charged. had to pay. Right. They, that's the problem with Patreon. Is people can pledge, and then they get access to all the content. Then when the day comes to pay, they just bail. Mm. And four people wrote Colin Moriarty on the exit interview for why I, they... I like to imagine them driving away, like, just screaming it out a window. Like, Colin Moriarty! Yeah. <laughs> and, then you, and then you get the people who, uh, who try to rationalize why they're leaving. Like, one person wrote... Uh, Love you, Shane. Would do anything for you to succeed, but I don't like Pactor's stance on loot boxes, so I'm out. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. Or they'll pluck one thing that we said from one episode of Game Face, like, oh, you said this about Nintendo, I'm out. Like, it's mm. just, it's crazy how people are. And I mean, it's, look, it's their money. They can do whatever they want with it. I'm not going to begrudge someone for spending their money how they want to, but... The reason well, I got to save up the money to buy all those Nintendo ports for yeah. full price. <laughs> I don't even know if people we'll believe. another one. I mean, I don't even know if people really believe this stuff, or if they're just trying to offer an excuse because they feel bad. I don't know. I don't know what the psychology is behind it, but it's been a very interesting ride over the last seven months or so, just dealing with Patreon and and then Patreon itself isn't very much of a help. They only want to work with people who are already making tons of money. Mm-hmm. Um, like in, initially, when we signed up on Patreon, there was all these plans for us to do big, these big features with them. And uh, I kept following up, and every time I started getting flimsier and flimsier excuses why they didn't want to do it or couldn't do it, and now it's just a dead issue. Like, I don't know. Um, It's been crazy. I'll say one thing. I am very well versed on just about every form of monetization that exists at this point. And you want to know what has honestly been the best way to monetize? It's time to go into Bitcoin. (laughs) That's next, I guess. Time for cryptocurrency. Now that his value has hit rock bottom or whatever. Colin can help you, I think. Yeah. But honestly, I think what has been the most effective way to monetize is Twitch Prime. It's because it's easy and you don't think about it. Yeah, I mean, it, but I do think about it. Like we well, promote you, not you, right? The people that do it. It's you, free. Yeah, that's why people don't have to pay anything. And if we just had half of our subscribers on YouTube hook us up with Twitch Prime, we'd be golden. Golden. I'm amazed that like people keep track of their Patreon stuff so closely. Like, oh. like I have a I have a Twitch I have a subscription to a Twitch channel through PayPal that I've had for years and years and years. And it's just kept uh, renewing and renewing. It's like renewing. two bucks a month to like yeah. I think to level up live. Yeah. And every time it charges, I think, oh I should cancel that. I barely watched that ever. 
Um, and then I just don't do it. Like, like I've had that for like eight years. You have lots of disposable <laughs> income, though. A I do, but don't. like, but it's just like one of those things where I'm like, oh, I should do that. And, and like, some people use how they spend money to send messages. They want to punish people by taking their money away. They want to reward people by giving them their money. It's like I said, those ex interviews, like, oh, you said mm-hmm. this about this, and I don't like it, and so later. And they make sure that they go in there and type their little sentence when they leave to let you know why they've taken their money away. If I was doing that, I'd just try to confuse you. Yeah. I'd just like, type the most ridiculous. Like, well, like, that's all right. I'm already confused, so <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to do you any good. But, so you think rutabagas aren't viable, huh? <laughs> like, that would be like my exit thing. Just like, you don't get my two bucks because of Yeah, that. yeah. It's, it's been crazy. But anyway, I'm hoping maybe when Pactor Factor 100 goes up, some of the people on YouTube will be like, damn. Look at what they're doing. And they're they, on a boat. I never thought I they'd mean, be there. Like, I don't know what else I got to do, man. Like, I'm giving it everything I've got. It's like I was one person. You can't do more than I'm doing. And uh, I don't know. I guess at the end of it all. Well, maybe Pactor 150 can be shot in that uh, zero-G uh, vomit comet maybe. Uh, plane. Maybe. Um, See, it's, you have one of those? No. <laughs> I would, He's got two boats. He should trade one in. I would have to in. shoot that. Shooting on the boat was plenty hard enough let me tell you and all the gear and everything it was insane <laughs> but uh, no matter look no matter what at the end of the day i've given it everything i've got i will have no regrets when it's over other than the fact if it doesn't succeed it didn't succeed but personally i will never look back and be like oh i should have done this i should have done that i've tried it all i've tried it all it's crazy to look back it sifted like where it started and how many times we've changed like the monetization model and it's just bonkers. It's a very difficult survival game you're playing. It really is. And it's just nonstop. Got to think about it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's, it's crazy. But here we are doing Game Face episode 123. Thanks to people like you who are supporting us financially. And uh, the ironic part is that a lot of people who watch us on Twitch are the people who are supporting us on Patreon. And they just watch the show live and don't even get anything out of the archive. So... It's a tough nut to crack, I guess, is the best way to put mm-hmm. it. Um, but we're just doing the best we can here. So, episode 123, slowest week of games the of the entire year. Yeah. Easily. But... In releases and news. In everything. Yeah. Just everything. This, this week has been so terrible. Like, I wanted to do a show on Friday to get back on the Friday schedule. Mm-hmm. No chance that was happening. And I was like, well, maybe something will happen today and Monday. Nope. But... We still did put together an episode. Such as it is. Yeah. And we're, we're actually going to kick things off by talking about a game that we talked about last week that I think we finished by saying we probably won't come back to this game mm-hmm. because we thought the multiplayer wasn't going to be something worth talking about. Um, but we're going to talk about it again. Far Cry 5. Because both you and I have continued to play it. Last mm-hmm. week I was at our like 12 to 15-ish whenever we started talking about it. You have finished the game. Mm-hmm. I am... In the final territory with about a little less than half a meter to go to take on that third boss before I take on the main bad guy. But I, I don't even know how many hours I've spent playing it. 30, 40... Yeah, I don't, I, I, there's no way to really keep track. I didn't see a timer I in there. Lo- I didn't look. But I, I leave games paused for like hours. Like I'll yeah, sit pause and I'll walk away and go work for a few hours and come back. So I wouldn't have a, that timer wouldn't even be accurate for me. Um, but I have played a ton of it at this point. Yeah, I did. I 100%ed it. Um, not the arcade stuff because I just can't be bothered. But yeah. uh, I did everything except one mission, which uh, vanished. Uh, the um, the valley convoy 
mission where like every every herald has uh, like a convoy that drives around or, or there's a boat convoy for faith I think and you got to blow them all up and after I killed uh, the guy in the lower left John I think yeah uh, when I killed him his convoy mission vanished oh geez and that did not happen to faith and jacob so i think that was an error that's a bug or something and it's so it's just it's just gone but you don't get anything for 100 percent in the game so it doesn't really matter um yeah so i i finished the whole thing completely um so we were pretty critical last week talking about it mm-hmm. Love the story. i have had as a story we were pretty critical of. i still enjoyed playing it like the yeah. actual playing of it i had a really good time i i would say i liked it better than four in terms of the actual play time well after the show is over i went and kind of looked in the chat very briefly and i saw a lot of people saying that we were shitting all over it um which i didn't think that we were but that was kind of the perception of some people mm-hmm. in the chat at least um so i wanted to come back and talk about this again now that we played a ton more i think it was more like just in particular, you had a negative reaction to the bugs. Well, the bugs, but also sort of the 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 tone and the storytelling because it doesn't really match a lot of the early marketing. Yeah, stuff. but see, I don't really have a problem with that because I, I try to go into evaluating games without any expectations. So I didn't I didn't look at the game of oh this is what I thought they promised in marketing and this is what they delivered. I just thought the story was lame. Well, Period. I would say those are both true. Like, it's disappointing in terms of comparing it to how they was they sold it. And it's also disappointing just on its own terms. Yeah. Um, it just and like the none of it makes any sense from like kind of a a, a plotting point of view or a logical and like, standpoint. And the, and the ending doesn't make any more sense either. And like also like my big question is like, where do you get all these people? Like at the end of the game, my stats is I killed somewhere like twenty six hundred people, and like there's still like huge armies of people yeah. clearly doing. I mean, the things. whole premise of it is so absurd. It, I mean, when you, that's that was my big issue with the story. Really, is it's just completely absurd and unbelievable. And there's I mean, a lot of moments. The premise of the game of the game isn't. There are these crazy cults out in the woods that are heavily armed mm. and and that sort of thing. But how everything happens, you just you can't even. Suspend well, it's too, it's too magical. Get like, it. It's just like brainwashing people through magic drugs that some chemist figured out how to work that makes bears teleport places. Like, <laughs> like, like it, it's just nonsense. Like, and yeah. and I can't figure out how much I'm supposed to like believe. Is this really happening, or is like this animal? Is it? Can this animal possibly be real? Because it keeps jumping around and and its eyes are glowing red. But then I can skin it and sell the skin at the end. So I guess there was something there. I don't know. Like, it's, it's very inconsistent in that regard, and I just don't know what it wants me to think about what it's doing much of the time. And then, like, there's, a, there's like, five different places uh, in a lot of the big finales where it's like, just shoot him! Like, why are you letting yeah, him talk? Like, what do you, like, just, it's... Uh, so, like, the, the whole game is kind of full of stuff like that, where you're like, what are you doing? This mm-hmm. makes no sense what, whatsoever. I mean, you see it in TV shows, too, like mm-hmm. the... The Walking Dead has turned into an, a terrible television. Which show. this, which Far Cry Five actually reminds me of narratively quite a bit. Because like, it does that show does the same yeah. thing where you're just like you've wanted to kill this guy for three seasons. There he is unarmed. You have a gun in your hand and you don't shoot him and kill mm-hmm. him. You stand there and you let him talk and then some stupid ass thing happens and he gets away again. Like that show has become mm-hmm. that. And this game is just like that. Yeah, so it's like I love the like playing the game and Me too. flying around and diving out of planes and 
blowing stuff up and yeah. shooting, liberating outposts and doing all like all the Far Cry stuff. I really and I like the companions and I love that like once you get a second companion, they talk to each other and like have unique interactions. And if you go to the eight bit uh, bar or whatever, they're all hanging out there and they're all talking to each other yeah. with like like unique interactions, which is a lot of fun. Like, that stuff's they, a lot of fun. They need more though. Like, they need I, more, but I, I was impressed like, by some of the some of the gags. Generally, what I use is I use Adelaide, I think is her name. She is a chopper. Yeah. And then I use the sniper. Mm-hmm. And that Grace. sniper says the same thing over and over and over I don't again. Use, I, don't I use hope many. you sh- what is it? I hope you drive better than you shoot. Yeah, I, that's just a joke. I'm trying to become more of a people person. I've heard that literally hundreds of times. But if you have another companion, they talk to each other more. They do. Uh, the uh, I mean, I don't use them much because they make the game too easy. Um, also, like my yeah. Once you get Adelaide in the chopper, it, the game's a cakewalk. You just roll in. In a I'm, chopper, with her in a chopper. You never even have to touch the ground. You just hover over where, whatever mission it is and just pluck everybody with the guns on the chopper and then maybe drop down and like clean up the last two guys if you get tired would, of trying to shoot I don't them. find the helicopters much fun to, to fly, so I didn't, wouldn't ever do that. I actually like the um, choppers because it, I think I, they're easy and intuitive to pilot. Um, it's I hard it's to too, aim with their guns. Yeah, but, but too, too much, too much fun, like juggling with the different sticks and yeah. things. Uh, I was more of a, a plain strafer. Uh, and also, that guy, I, uh, I think it's Rye, uh, is the guy. Nick Rye? Nick Rye. Yeah. Is, like, he, he, he flies around a plane. And I used him a fair amount when, like, because the last level of, uh, like, escalation in a territory, uh, they send, like, planes against you. And instead of, like, wasting all my rockets on planes that are trying to kill me, I would just call him in and he would dogfight them until they went away, basically, uh, which was handy. Um, but but you can my, also get my a main companion has a rocket launcher that'll take them out. Planes and choppers. Yeah, but I just would rather not use the ammo if I don't have to. Yeah. Um, and the uh, uh, my main companion actually tended to be uh, Jess, who's the the bow and arrow the bow, yeah. like ranger girl, and uh, Cheeseburger the bear, because um, he's a monster. Right. And yeah. uh, that does that, the animals tend to get killed. There's a not lot, a lot of though. chatter. Uh, with Cheeseburger doesn't die much in my, unless he gets caught in fire. Like sometimes, like a, a couple times a plane. All that first flammable. A couple times, like a plane or a helicopter's crashed, and he's in the middle of it, and he just burns to death. And well, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Well, um, you just go revive him. I couldn't get in sometimes, but that's okay. Uh, he comes back, and um, that with, when, when you've got one of the animals, like you know, every once in a while, Jess would just be like. That's a nice bear you got there. Yeah. <laughs> like, what else are you gonna do? Yep. <laughs> but um, I didn't use them much just because I thought they made everything too easy. Um, I used them a bit near the end because I was just, I, you know, I was liberating everything all in a row that I hadn't done already, and there's a certain point at which I just didn't care anymore. Yeah. I was like, bring it all in. You snipe him. You arrow him. I'm gonna take out the alarms, and we're just gonna get done with this, and that's that. Um, so that's cool. I mean, I I had a I had a good time playing it. I just. I didn't find any of the storytelling satisfying at all, and I didn't, you know, the ending, the ending's kind of a cop-out. Um, yeah, I know you haven't finished it yet, yeah. but I, I found the ending to be kind of a cop-out and sort of like a, ooh, aren't we dark kind of thing. It's just yeah. like, well, no, because, like, I don't know. Like, it, it feels so localized, and everybody's going around talking about how the world is going to end and, like, the collapse is coming. It's like, I mean, maybe in rural Montana, but, like, what happens in rural Montana just so does not go the world, you know? Yeah. It's like it, 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 I mean, I know these people are crazy. Well, but they like, are a psychotic cult, yeah. And does I mean, anyone you have to the... convince people of that so that they become scared and then you can rule them by fear. Yeah, and does anyone in this county not have a bomb shelter? Yeah. Like, <laughs> everybody has... Well, I mean, 
honestly, people who do live in these areas, like I said, I was home for the holidays in central Pennsylvania, and I was shocked to discover that a couple of my friends had prepper dungeons where they had like all right but did they put pour, a ton of canned food down in there did they pour like, concrete and like, these are some high my one things. buddy has a 13 foot tall basement that he built custom for i believe that very reason in case quote unquote the shit hits the fan he has a comfortable place to live with 13 foot ceilings instead of being and he this guy's wealthy Instead of having to live down in a hole underneath the ground, like, I know you're, you live in L.A. and you live most of your life in California, but really, when you get out to these areas, people are scared, dude. It is, it flips me out. Of what? Just, they've just been fed this stuff that, like, people, the government's going to take their guns, and once that happens, there's going to be civil war, and once civil war breaks out, it's every man for himself. How can and, you have a civil war if everybody's guns are gone? I don't know. Also, wasn't, I'm Ob- just telling you that wasn't Obama supposed to do that? Right. Like, right. Yeah. I'm just telling you that dude, just are, never, dude didn't get around to anything. There are a you. lot more people out there who really believe this stuff than you think, man. A lot. More. I don't think there are more than I think because I think there's quite a few. I just don't think they all live in one county in right, Montana. Right. Like, well, I, I don't. I can't recall a single residence in the game that doesn't have like a giant like, like fallout style vault thing in the right. back of it you know it's, it's just i mean i know that's where they put like the the cool stuff you find you know most of the time yeah. but like uh there's a lot of it happening um and uh i mean which is fine i mean it's part of the setting it's cool but like uh i really love the game like the gameplay to me I like that's Far Cry the more plausible I... part of the of the story it's all the other stuff that's implausible to me like, the act, that actually people think this way and they're afraid of this type of that, I totally get. It's just how everyone well, reacts cult, with each other and the decisions that they make. And, well, the cult thing is is not completely unbelievable. It's just the way it plays. I mean, I was describing at a party on uh, Friday night, I was describing kind of the things I, things I w- thought was were silly about the cult and kind of how they operate to some people. And some people near us overheard us. Like, oh, are you talking about Wild Wild Country? <laughs> which is that documentary about that cult right. in Oregon. Yeah, yeah. And it turns out, like, that a lot it's of the stuff the that thing, is in yeah. Far Cry 5, this group was doing in Oregon for real. Uh, they weren't brainwashing him with a magic drug that, like, right. fla- grew his flowers and had a, a ghost woman run right. around and, and <laughs> hypnotized U.S. Marshals. But, like, it, it was, uh, you know, it was a lot of the, the kind of kidnapping people and taking them places and, and heavily arming everyone and buying the police station so they could sort of have their own little jurisdiction. Like, that was all a real thing. Yeah. Um, but, like, that's a real thing that's scary and stark and creepy, and they fantasticize, like, you know, fantasize this setting so much that it gets detached from... I mean, even in the situation of, like, pagan men, like, there's a, there's a threat and there's a believability there where he's sort of on the radio and he's kind of... He's got, he's got this power base that you can't really assault and, like, you feel powerless in his presence because he's got all these guards and you're in his palace and he's, you know, unhinged and you just don't know what he's going to do... Or, or like you know, like Voss in Far Cry Three, like the, you know, you're you're under his power. It's part of like a slavery ring or like a human trafficking thing, and like you know, that's a very scary real world thing. And you've got this larger than life character sort of representing that. But like, like I feel in the, if I was in, and in those situations, like in those other Far Cry games, I felt like well, if I was in this situation, I would be paralyzed with just watching this happen too. But with a lot of this, the the cult stuff in this, I'm kind of like. I just, I mean, it'd probably get me killed, but I'd be like, wait, how do, wait, if you're going to do that, you'd start arguing about like the different weird theological things they're trying to, trying to push. And I'm like, it doesn't make any sense. You know, 
And like, there's scenes where like, you know, you go to a, to a side quest and like a character you just saw has suddenly been kidnapped in the five seconds it took you to right. get from one place yeah. to the other. And like, oh, now they're brainwashed with this with the drug, and they're they're gonna do that. I'm like, well, wait not a minute. even just like, side characters, like big characters in the yeah. plot that happens too. And it's just like, I, you know, and whatever. It's, I know you're not supposed to think about it too much. In fact, there's a character in the game who's like a, a, a director, like a movie director, and he's directing Far Cry Blood Dragon 3, the movie. And like, he's, he's like, what? He's like, I don't want to work on Blood Dragon, I want to work on this. I don't work on, like, if, if, I, if this doesn't work out, I got to go back to working on that Far Cry, those Far Cry things, and I don't want to make that. I mean, all these people are like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. There's no believability. It's like, you know, it's, it's like, okay, well, you can head off. Self-reference. Self-reference and head off the criticism, but like, it's still accurate. It's still like, accurate, uh, right. Um, but like, it's I will just, say this, I, li- I thought, and I, I haven't scene. finished the third one yet, but I thought Faith's prose arc mm. was the best. Faith was the best, I think, because like as the boss battle unfolds, she kind of drops the facade a bit, and you kind of see the person she was before the right. the the she was you know programmed by the cult. yeah. We don't want to spoil like that. Much, and like that, she's the only one that does that. Yeah. The other the two brother the other two till, brothers till the end there like. They clearly think what they think to the end of things, and that was yeah. it. Although I didn't realize that. Um, uh, oh, now I can't remember his name. But the uh, Jacob, the the murderous ex-military guy, uh, he's actually voiced by the guy who played Lucifer on Supernatural. Oh, interesting. So that guy has a real pedigree. Yeah, he sure does. Um, and look, I don't want to. Uh, I felt bad after last week's episode because it seemed like to some people that we were crapping all over the game and that we didn't like the game at all. I think we just I, did it again. It Maybe. But again, we're talking about the plot. That's... Mm-hmm. It, like, I really like the gameplay, and like, but there's not a whole lot to say about the gameplay because other than the, than the planes, it's just Far Cry. It is, And, yeah. like, if you like Far Cry... The animal stuff is a little... Like, the sidekick stuff and the animal stuff is a little more... A little bit, but it's really just adapted from what was already done in Primal. Yeah. Um, I mean, right down to the animations. I mean, the only yeah. reason you have a bear and a cougar in this game is because they had those animations from Primal. Right. Um, which is fine. Like, those yeah. are my... The animal ones are my favorite guys, my favorite companions. Um, the gunplay feels great in this yeah. game, though. Uh, to me, it's probably the best gunplay in franchise history. And it's also, like, me, I saw some people complain that there aren't enough guns or something, but, like, I found a gun to do every job I want a gun yeah. to do in I this game. I don't have any problem. Like, I don't need more extraneous guns, but I found a great, like, you know, single-shot rifle. I found a great automatic rifle. I found a great semi-auto rifle. I found Maybe those a people just pistol. want more skins. Maybe. Because weapon I mean, skins are kind of a thing with the younger crowd. <laughs> I could care less what's on, what skin is on my gun, but I know the kids seem to care a lot about it. And also, reviews for this game have been all over the place. I mean, That's true, yeah. But I will say one thing. I have not seen read a single review where they said the story was good. So... Sure. That is one part that we've kind of hammered on where most people seem to be in agreement with us. But I've seen a lot of discussion, and I've had discussion with people online, people who said they've had no bugs playing this game. And I have literally still just the game is just riddled with bugs for me, like constantly. All my vehicles disappear. If I go and initiate a conversation with somebody, my vehicle is gone. Period. See, that's funny because like I, I've had a couple things where a vehicle I was supposed to attack. Like there's like those the convoy things I mentioned before. Like you have to go find them. You have to like, yeah. kind of stumble on them, uh, and like the little explosion icon will appear above them. And then you're supposed to blow yeah. them up. I've had things where I passed them and turned around to they're get them. Gone. They're gone. Yeah, I've but had that too. but it's funny because you say, that you say that because like I have actually there have been multiple times in this game where I've thought, wow, that vehicle's still there where I left it. Like 
after I traveled a long way away or, or wow. had a lot of time. Like, oh I, my that, gosh, that, dude, I go that 50, actual, I go 50 feet away. I don't even have to talk to somebody. If I just go 50, 50 or 60 feet away from the vehicle, it's gone. No, that is. If that, I talk to somebody, guaranteed to be gone. Vehicle locations, like consistency is like a thing for me since GTA 3 and this game I've multiple times I was like oh wow it's, it's really good it's still here that's so crazy um, that we can I'm have such different experiences well, I'm wondering if that's a regular versus PS4 Pro it could be difference. Um, uh, but I had a conversation with someone on Facebook last night um, somebody wrote on Facebook that it's like a game of the year candidate for them and I, I replied I'm like oh, I'm having a lot of bugs it's hard for me to consider a game for game of the year when i have like tons of game breaking bugs and i mean you've seen it in this b-roll i've shown you my the bugs i have right on video so it's not like i'm making this stuff up it's it's happened to me over and over again and then he's like i haven't had a single bug none not one i've had bugs but i don't have anything that's game breaking and then he said what version are you playing and i'm like i'm playing ps4 he's like i've been playing xbox one i was like okay maybe that's it and then somebody jumps in the convo and they're like i'm playing ps4 i've had no bugs and literally, I just have bugs constantly. I haven't like, had anything. I mean, I've had, obviously, the quest vanished. That's a bug. Yeah. It has to be a bug. Uh, I've had some physics things, but that's just, you know, yeah. any, any open world game is going to have that. Um, I've had a, bu- a couple of times, like, say, maybe half a dozen times, like, something... I've gone to a quest person, and something has happened, like, a bear ran through the camp or something, and they just freaked out, and, like, the talk icon was grayed yeah. out. And I had to, like, I had to fast travel to the same location to kind of reset everything and talk to them. Um, like, that's about it. Like, I've, I, you know, I have a couple, like, weird... Uh, there's been nothing that made me think, like, oh, my God, this game's a mess, but it is... See, I, of... I absolutely think it's a mess, based upon my play experience. The first boss fight... Um, I got caught in this loop where you, there's a cutscene that happens in a church and then like they bail out and you gotta chase them. I came out and it just so happened that a big caravan of enemies rolled up and just killed me like right away. Then I respawn, I'm by myself, my allies are gone, and it starts turning into this loop of I can survive for three seconds. My teammates, for whatever reason, have, have become 300 yards away. So every time I respawn, my teammates get a little bit closer, a little bit closer, till finally they got close enough to help me in the fight so I can overcome that fight and then go on to the boss fight. Like, I've just had stuff like that all day, every day with this game. Yes. And I've just, like, given up after a while. Like, I had to complete... There was one quest called Eco something or other. Eco Warriors. Yeah, where you had to go and blow up, like, all these containers of bliss. Mm-hmm. I had to complete that quest six times before it counted. Six times. I've also seen, uh, this didn't happen to me, but I've seen a lot of complaints on Reddit about, um, there's a quest called Hit the Gas. I've done that That's that one where you have to go find the two trucks. That one will also vanish if you don't do it in time for something. I never completed it. That's the one I was talking about last week. I could Mm -hmm. never find the other truck. I just gave up and moved on. It's not even showing up on my quest list anymore. Yeah, so that must have happened to you too. Yeah, which, whatever. I was like, I'm not, I've already given three hours of this quest. I'm not doing it again. But, uh. There's no, there's no reason to 100% the game. Uh, I can say there's Thank no, you. there's no reward. There's <laughs> I no reward. Do it anyway, there's right? no reward for it. And actually, even like the, the, you know, the collectible stuff, like you know, there's all the, you know, the various collectible things. All the rewards for those are terrible. Like it's just, it's like 900 bucks at the point where I've got like 90,000, and like maybe a T-shirt that I'm never gonna put put on my character. So like, what's the? You know, there's no gun. You don't get rewarded with any vehicles or any guns or anything like that. It's just. Like stuff completely redundant, like 
piddling amounts of cash, which I don't, I don't get. Like, now here's the thing. Like, you know, send somebody I, all over the map, like you should give them something. Maybe it's supposed to be a joke, like I collected all these cigarette lighters and all I got was this lousy t-shirt, t-shirt kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, here's the thing. I'm still playing it. I've been playing it for 30 or 40 hours. I'm going to finish the game. I am still having fun playing this game. Yeah, I had the a really good time. The fact that I have fought through all this crap that has happened to me, and apparently not happened to anybody else, <laughs> and I still want to play it and keep playing it, that's a testament to how good the actual moment-to-moment gameplay is and how unpredictable the game is. And I think a lot of why I play it is because you just never know what's going to happen in this game. Putting all those elements together in that sandbox when they all just kind of play each other. <laughs> I did this mission today. Did you? Yeah. I'm guessing that didn't happen to you. No, because well, I just picked it up off the trailer. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know why you're trying to blow that car up. Because he took off. He tried to drive away and I just like, I just grabbed it before you left. I couldn't. I ran after him and he was too fast. And I was like, oh crap. So I go back and he does a loop and then and parks he comes back, back and parks again, yeah. And when he came back, the item that was supposed to be sitting on the trailer had fallen yeah. underneath. I don't even know what happened. Well, as, as he started to pull away, I saw it start to do like the weird physics vibration thing. That you can see right do. there. It's like three feet under the ground. Mm-hmm. So that's after he's come now, back. My, my guess on that is if you'd fast traveled like back to that location, it would have reset everything. Probably. But I had already done everything else and I didn't want to start it all over again. So. I don't know if you'd have to start over. It's this weird psychology that you go through when you deal with games like this. It's like, do I... Reset it because it may not work. Yeah, it might. It may not. And do I want to get rid of all my other progress doing it? It's well, like fast this... traveling wouldn't erase that progress. It would just yeah. Like or would it? It wouldn't. But see, with my with me with this game, I don't know that. Like I have had so many problems with this game. I don't trust anything. Like I really don't. Like well, I, when the, I don't when feel the, like I can rely well, on. Well, when anything. the credits when the credits roll, you can like hold up to like really speed through them. Uh, make sure to keep it slow enough. You can see the whole. There's a whole section just for like save and like, like consistency, oh, really? whatever. <laughs> and like you might want to write everyone's name down <laughs> just, just to talk to them later. Interesting, interesting. Uh, but again, the bottom line is I'm having fun with this game. Yeah. I would absolutely recommend that somebody buy this game. If you like Far Cry, it's you know it's more Far Cry and a lot of it's better Far Cry than it's been in a couple of games. I would say. Uh, I mean, I th- still think I like Primal more than this one. I um, think I probably st- do like Primal more, even though I mean, if the only thing. I I would like more than Primal is the fact that there's planes in it, and I love planes. Yeah. Um, especially World War II fighter planes, and you get some of those, and that's really cool. But like, but they don't do anything with it. Like, there's no like do- like real dogfighting. Like, there's a, there's an achievement actually for shooting down ten planes, and I haven't gotten it because I, I haven't had that many fights in a plane. Like, you, there's no missions where it's like go. There's one go mission where you fight. have to go yeah. kind of like blow stuff up, and it ends with a dogfight with one plane. But it's like. How do you have that in the game and there's not just like, you know, missions where you just go fight things, yeah. like go, go dogfight stuff or whatever. It, it feels weird that that's, they didn't take advantage. I mean, I guess, I guess that's what Far Cry Arcade is for, which is like, could you beg me to play Far Cry Arcade any harder? It's ridiculous. It's, like, it's every, it's like, there are more Far Cry Arcade, like, location, play locations in this game than any other thing in the entire map. That's another and, thing like, I should add. After our discussion last week, I have been pleasantly surprised by. One, how much people are using Far Cry Arcade, mm. and two, the stuff that they're creating. There's a lot of interesting stuff happening. In I there. can't. I messed around with that interface for like 20 minutes, and I was like, "Screw oh, this!" Oh yeah, I'm not making anything, but I'll play stuff people make. But no problem, man, no like the peep, there are people out there who absolutely yeah. saw that interface and were like, "Oh, I'm all in on this." Like I've been really it, impressed with the stuff they've created. The other thing, like they've got a guy who sits, stands there and plays the arcade machine, like, and this is like, "Oh, this is the greatest game I've ever played." Like they constantly are putting new stuff and updating it. I'm like, you can the make whole your own pre- levels. The whole yeah. premise 
premise of the game is that the phone lines and the internet lines have been cut and we can't talk to the outside world. How are you getting updates from Far Cry Arcade? Like, yeah. I mean, if you're looking consistency for... Consistency is all I ask. But yeah, like, I mean... There's... So I assume there's probably things in Far Cry Arcade where you're just dogfighting all day. And I'll probably, be able to yeah. Look for that. Um, but I, but I, will, I, will buy the, I will buy the season pass, probably, and play the, you know, the zombies, Vietnam, and Mars expansions that come out. Like, I'm, I'll, I mean, look, man, I'll take more Far Cry. Yeah. I, I know people criticize for being the same thing over and over again, and, like, there were some reviews that are like, this is probably as far as Ubisoft can push the formula. It's like, yeah, well, it's the best-selling Far Cry, it looks like, so maybe, maybe there's still some life in here, folks, because I still enjoyed it. But here's the thing. It's like, that formula isn't, like, the Far Cry formula anymore. It's the Ubisoft formula at this point. Yeah. I well, mean, that was, all its that was games Jim are just Sterling's... starting to bleed together. Yeah, like... and that was Jim Sterling's whole thing in the new video he put up where it's just like, oh, it's, all they do is make open-world games. It's like, well, that's kind of disingenuous because, you know, this is not the, the Division, which is not Assassin's Creed Origins, which is not... You know, I get that there's sort of a format that they're using, but, like, it sells really well and people like it, and I'm one of the people that likes it. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, it, to me, it's like criticizing, like, Keebler for making cookies. No, like, you're right. It's like, like it's hey, what why, they are do. You making, why are you making games that sell? Yeah, like, it's like... <laughs> It's also it's like it's like God like Treetop just constantly makes apple juice. Why don't they ever you know make grow lettuce? It's like it's like well yeah. it's not what they're there for. Right. Like if you don't yeah. like that, don't buy the product. But right. like why is it like why is it like a scourge of the industry that Ubisoft found a niche that sells and they exploit that? Like that's that's not shitty corporate behavior. That's business smart like it's, <laughs> it's called being smart yeah. it's, it's like giving the audience what they want and maybe you're not that audience but that's fine because if if there was you know if there was a, a rigid rule about never you know never catering to an audience that isn't what you know the other people like there would be no dark souls games yeah yeah because because that's the same reverse argument it's like well no, you, right. it keep from software keeps making these souls games over and over it's just the same thing over and over again i don't want that well, who cares don't buy it yeah there's other people that do uh, but I will say that, like, uh, Far Cry Arcade ultimately ended up being far better than I thought. If the load Coming times were faster, week, I would be a little more hyped about it. Because but... last week when we talked about it, literally the game had just released, like, hours yeah, earlier. Yeah, there nobody online. And we had only, I had only been playing levels that were created by journalists, because they were the only people on the servers mm-hmm. up until that point. Now and Ubisoft. That, Ubisoft did a couple of good yeah, ones. Yeah, they put a couple up. But now that it's gone out into the wild, like, the stuff that people are doing. Like, somebody created, mm-hmm. like, the Baker House from Resident Evil 7, and, like... It's been pretty impressive what they've been doing there. So now I, I think my, my impression that it changes a little bit. It does actually add a little bit of value to the game, whereas before I didn't think it did. Yeah, part, and also, although part of it is my reaction to it is like, man, I can't wait to see what people do with Dreams. Yeah. Assuming people buy Dreams, I think. I think. Honestly, the people who are making stuff in Far Cry are not going to be people who make stuff in Dreams. Yeah, you never know. I, I think a very small sliver of people, there'll be overlap I don't there. expect Dreams to sell Far Cry 5 numbers. No, no, like, definitely not. If you're interested in making your own stuff, you know, you and you and you may you know just jump from one game with a level creator to another, and Dreams is kind of, Dreams is kind of uh, the top of the, top of the, top of the mark there this year it looks like yeah so. absolutely i just think the aesthetics of dreams will turn off people who got into making stuff in far cry eh, making stuff's making stuff and you'll they'll find a way i mean minecraft you'd think that too but it's like people build anything out of that thing yeah. so i mean obviously i don't think dreams is going to be that that pow- powerful or flexible so would be very happy but... if, it, if it were in that same class right but it's still like you can make a lot of things out of that thing yeah so, I mean, again, I think ultimately I would recommend Far Cry for a purchase. I mean, I yeah. think we said last week, if you like Far Cry, buy yeah. it. I mean, it's not going to change your mind if you hate Far Cry. But, like, 
if you want more Far Cry, like. But uh, but I think after spending more time with it, I would say that maybe that group that I would recommend the game to is a little wider than just Far mm-hmm. Cry fans. Well, I mean, I, you know, in terms of Far, Cry, I mean, there's just people that don't like Far Cry and or like think that Far Cry peaked at two yeah. or whatever, you know. Yeah. And like this isn't this is the same thing as three. You know, it's not going to change your mind if you thought Far Cry three is where the the series went off the rails. But if you want to, if you want to run around an open world with a machine gun and blow people away, like there's really no other game in town. You know, even yeah. if you, even if you haven't played the other Far Cries, this is a you're fine absolutely place right to start. because most shooters aren't like this. No. no, I mean typically this design is reserved for action RPGs that are fantasy. It's more about swords and sorcery than it is mm-hmm. gunplay, which Ubisoft doesn't really do. I mean, Watch Dogs is kind of like Far Cry. You mean Ubisoft doesn't I mean, do the magic? I mean, magic they don't do fantasy. Yeah, they yeah, don't do like really an Elder Scrolls-y kind of thing. Uh-huh. Closest they get is uh, that. I for think Honor will probably be next. Yeah. I am guessing from Ubisoft. It's really yeah. the only thing they have left to, to, to try. You're right. You're absolutely right because they're obviously doing driving with the crew, mm-hmm. where the big focus is driving. You have gunplay with Far Cry. You have kind of hand-to-hand melee stuff with Assassin's Creed. And then you have, like, the whole future gadgety thing with uh, Watch Dogs. Like, I think it'd be interesting if they, you know, just in terms of how much cross-pollination happens to that company, it'd be interesting to, like, if even if it wasn't, like, a Far Cry full-fledged game, if it was, like, a Primal or Blood Dragon kind of thing, if it was just, like, set in kind of, like, a fantasy, like, D&D-style setting, yeah. and they just sort of, like, stole some of For Honor's combat, and they, they gave you, you shoot fireballs or something, like, just go crazy with it a little bit. You know, yeah. I, 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 I get, like, they kind of ground the numbered Far Cries sort of in sort of this, like, you're you're you have guns and you're in a rural like isolated area with crazy people who are trying to control the place with drugs torture and murder and cool but like i like it best when they go off the rails like blood dragon and primal and it'd be interesting and you know and they're doing the vietnam and the and the mars thing and that's cool uh but i'd like to see them tackle like a sword and sorcery kind of thing just to see what they do it'd be crazy <laughs> i think but uh i don't know like you got to plan that. that you got to plan Bethesda, right? You, you got to plan that carefully. I said, yeah, like I was going to say, like, you got to plan it carefully so you don't accidentally end up going up against Elder Scrolls Six right, over the right. next few years. So, I think there's a thirst for more games like that, though, because we only get an Elder Scrolls once every. Yeah. It seems well, like how, every look how well Kingdom Come sold. Now. Yeah, I know, because people want that so yeah. bad, and there's just not a lot of options. Even though that game was not reviewed well and is very well known that it had a lot of bugs mm-hmm. people are like i don't care i want a game like that i'm yeah. gonna buy it anyway i mean hell look how often how often i've gone back and played skyrim again yeah absolutely you're not alone even, even when i don't intend to you're not alone a lot of people do it so there's definitely an opening there skyrim anonymous i mean if ubisoft announced a game like that it would get a lot of hype people yeah. be really excited about it without a doubt and i mean it kind of has might and magic sitting there they could yeah. do, it could do something with it. Far Cry Might and Magic would be a... Yeah. 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 <laughs> Maybe I should be Hard working things. at Ubisoft. Hard things about Marvel. They're probably way ahead of me. It's probably already three years into development or whatever. Or they but... tried it again already and it was terrible. Right, right. It's like, no, whatever this. <laughs> like, forget that. Chain's crazy. Like, All right. so, so Patrice is over in Paris going, what is this? Give me something that shoots. You know? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I can't I... change the clip on this staff. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, so I think that really is the end of Far Cry 5 for us. Unless we talk about it at the end of the year, game of the year. Uh, do you think that yeah. is game of the year caliber? Uh, not, unless, not, unless, <laughs> not unless the rest of the year is a pretty big nosedive. It's, it's I mean, it's not, yeah. a, it's not something that really set my world on fire. It just set a lot of feelings on fire. Everything else on, on fire. fire. Yeah. Um, 
But also, we'll see. I mean, you know, we'll see what the DLC campaigns are like. I yeah. mean, I mean, I'm real interested in the Mars one. If the Mars one is gonzo enough, it might elevate the game, in my opinion, uh, a little bit. But no, this was just a fun Far Cry game, and it was more or less what, I thought, what I thought it was going to be. It, a lot it, of game there. Yeah, you definitely get your money's it. worth with this and one. And look, Far Cry 4, I played for like probably six or seven hours and just sort of drifted away from it and only finished it when I came back to it like a year and a half later. And I finished this thing in a week, so like, yeah. you know, it, it, it held my attention in terms of what I was playing, even if I really came close to skipping a bunch of the cutscenes. Um, I've skipped some. But I, I have. The, the, the conversations I, I skip, like, I just, just like the random people, I skip I I, Skipping cutscenes, I just can't. Every time I want to, I think about who, you know, the poor guy who had to, you know, spend days, like, rigging the cameras or rigging the... Like, people work so hard on them, and I just... I'm like, I'll watch it once. It's fine. You know, I don't skip the big ones. I skip, like, the conversational ones that you have with people that, that you run That into. I will say, uh, a lot of the... You know, we just go up to a random NPC yeah. to get, like, a, a weird little side quest. Like, they talk forever. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I don't need to hear the speed the freak <laughs> guy go on. and Like, it's not nope. interesting. Like Nope. Yeah, I started skipping them after a while, and I'll skip all of them pretty but much. But I don't, I don't skip, Because they tell like, you, as soon as it's over, they tell you exactly what was said, and yeah. it's like... like I don't, but I don't skip, like, directed cutscenes just because I feel like... Um, and it's probably pretty... It's probably silly, but I just don't... I think somebody worked hard on that, and I'll no, watch it. I'll watch it. You know, I'll watch what you, what you made. All right, let's move along. We're going to talk next about Microsoft, and probably not what you think about Microsoft. We're not going to talk about Xbox, really. We're going to talk about some cultural stuff that Microsoft is trying to change across all its platforms. So... Microsoft announced this week that across pretty much everything that it creates, it is going to start more stringently moderating it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Not even just moderating it, like in some ways censoring it. So Microsoft has decided across like Word, Microsoft Word and like Office and Skype and Xbox Live and any drives that you have with them they are going to start looking for content that you're either sharing, have held on their servers that do not line up with their standard practices, mm, so well. to speak, or their terms of service, so I to mean, speak. Do you believe they're going to actually do that? Uh, Google's done it. Google went on all its drives and did like these crazy searches for like porn and <laughs> stuff like that and then deleted them off of Google Drive. Mm. For people that had yeah, but the, them, the wording on the Microsoft thing is like profanity. It's like, yeah. like the, but like it's the same. It's basically the same terms of service they've always had. This was like a slightly stronger sort of like we can be more proactive about policing this if we want to. Um, I have a hard time believing that if you like get a little frisky with your girlfriend on Skype, they're gonna shut your account down or something. Like it's. it's um, like that, like, people are like coming up with scenarios that feel a little weird. Like, I, mean, I think the best case here is that they finally start nailing some of these kids screaming racial epithets on Xbox Live, uh, which like you wonder if some of this is motivated by the rea by the behavior on the Sea of Thieves beta. Um, no, I think this is all motivated by Facebook and the information. I think mm. everyone is starting to realize, not everyone, but a lot of these companies are starting to realize that. A lot of things that are happening on their service, they're not particularly proud of, and they're starting to look on down the road and say, okay, what could happen if people discover that this is on our servers, or mm. that's on our servers, or people are doing this on our, on our service, or that on our service? How liable would we be for this? And I think 
it's just a preemptive strike. I think mm. it's just Microsoft trying to clean up its own backyard before somebody comes in there and tries to clean it up for them. Yeah, well, I mean, again, it's really just a rewording of existing TOS that kind of says, like, hey, if we want to do this, it's cool. Right, like, yeah. You know. um, so, you know, we might be seeing some kind of crack. I mean, we've seen some, a similar crackdown, I think, on Twitch right now with the chat. Like, they're starting to hold people in the chat, uh, or the people, streamers responsible for people in the chat, what they do, or, like, they'll trace back, like, you know, like the, like a racist like raid in a chat to like some streamer that said go. You know, you you have to go do this, and they'll, um, and you know, like that streamer can be li- can be liable for it. Well, Twitch now account. holds anyone that they're partners with. It's not even just partners; it's affiliate, I believe. Mm-hmm. Basically, their highest level of partnership with a streamer. You're now responsible for your actions everywhere. Mm-hmm. So if you go on Twitter or you go on Facebook or Snapchat or Instagram and you act like an idiot, Twitch will hold you accountable now on mm-hmm. its platform for things that you are doing on other platforms. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I mean, if you just behave like an idiot for nine, ten years, <laughs> we won't put up with that anymore. <laughs> it's like took a while, but like, you know, it's it's. I think, like you say, it's a preemptive thing, and I think it's more there for, like, if the time comes, especially in the wake of the Facebook uh, issues, um, if the time comes where the government says, like, hey, maybe we need to regulate what you guys are doing here, they can be like, no, look, we got a thing, we got a, what we're doing, we got a thing, and we can just, yeah, no problems here, ha, 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 you know, I think that's... That's what the deflection there would be. Would be for is like you don't need to regulate us. We're regulating ourselves. Da, 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 da. You know, like, like it's uh, it's to it's a little bit like look busy to me because like, I don't know. I don't know if we've seen a ton of uh, results yet. Well, Microsoft did come out on the twenty eighth, I believe it was, like the day after this broke, mm-hmm. and said that none of the policies regarding Xbox Live are going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, what the way I interpreted that was. We've already got the stuff in there for Xbox Live. Mm-hmm. That stuff's been in the TOS for yeah. a while. And uh, we're not changing anything in terms of service, but... We might Mi- actually start enforcing Right. It. Microsoft did not say whether their enforcement was going to change mm-hmm. or not. It just said, we're not changing the terms of service for Xbox Live. Yeah. It's, I mean, to me, this seems more... It doesn't seem like a, a draconian attempt to uh, censor all thought so much as like, hey, those rules we have, we might actually get off our ass and do something about them for once. Yeah, because, I mean, look, a lot of digital companies are starting to get bit in the ass for just neglect, essentially, Mm -hmm. just letting their platform run amok and let people do what they want on it. And I think now that they're seeing what happened to Facebook, um, obviously Facebook has lost like a billion dollars of value in like the last week or whatever, maybe more than that at this point. But like to Zuckerberg, that's like if I lost five bucks. No, no, I get that. It's it's not a... But he doesn't thing, want but... to keep losing that. Right. I mean... Well, he to... knows, you know, Facebook knows as well as anyone, like, you're not invincible. Like, everyone thought MySpace was the, was the, the, the 800-pound gorilla before Facebook showed right. up. But they, Facebook's got to know deep down in there somewhere, like, there could be another one. Along, all it takes is someone to do something slightly better and, you know... I think a lot of it is... That's why so much of Facebook has been dedicated to sucking all your data into one place and making it inextricable from the Facebook experience because they don't want to make it easy for you to go. But I think that's where these two stories kind of intersect between Microsoft and Facebook is it all has to do with customer data. Mm -hmm. In the case of Facebook, Facebook was taking customers' data that in some cases, I mean, in all cases if the users had actually read the terms of service and went through all the 
privacy features of Facebook, they could have set it up so that Facebook wasn't getting that stuff. Right. And, I, and I will say that I did do that, mm -hmm. and Facebook did not get all that stuff yeah. from me. I looked, you know, the other things are, oh, look up your history through Facebook. I did that, and like, it's basically like, the only notation through my whole thing is like that I saw a Google ad or whatever, like when I looked at my email. Yeah. Like that's like, because I had all this stuff turned off. Um, just I guess most people just don't do that. Yeah. So in Facebook's case, they're for a long time, Facebook was not proactive in telling you those settings. No, you're were right. There. I just did it because I was like, right. Because we, we we work know. online and we know, yeah. but a lot of people don't. And so in Facebook's case, they were using people's data for nefarious reasons, selling it to marketers and advertisers. I think in Microsoft's case, it's kind of the flip. It's the consumer has been abusing the service that Microsoft has, and Microsoft is trying to stop the consumer from doing something mm -hmm. that's wrong. Whereas on Facebook. Where the consumer is trying to stop what Facebook is doing. And Microsoft, in this case, is like, hey, you got porn on our servers or any mm -hmm. other material like that. We want to get it off because we could be held liable. But right. then it gets into the whole privacy thing of, well, you're looking at my stuff that I have on your servers, which I think a lot of people jump to the conclusion of, that's my stuff. You shouldn't be able to look at it when you want, but that's not how it works. It's not just when like, you're storing it on their servers. Nope, it's just like when you rent an apartment or rent a house. It's like that landlord mm -hmm. could come in there and look in your house whenever they want. If you want a place that, that you live to be secure and people can't come in, you got to buy the house. And since so many people are using the service, I mean, you look at like Ike, like the cloud for like iTunes or mm -hmm. iPhones, um, all that stuff is going to the cloud. That's how a lot of people get hacked and like nude photos from celebrities get out because they're just people just haphazardly mm -hmm. use and don't technology. realize that everything's getting backed up there because a lot of that stuff turns on by default and that kind of thing um and i know like, there are some people that are like oh well, what if i'm writing a novel and one of the characters swears a lot and microsoft sees it and doesn't like it and they delete my manuscript out of microsoft word and i'm like well Congratulations on your front page story. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> your novel just yeah, sold all of a very sudden, well. Yeah, you've suddenly just you know got the best marketing, you amazing ever publicity. Uh, you know, and I guess write it in pages next time. Like I don't know yeah. what to type. Um, but I don't think that Microsoft Microsoft can't go onto your computer and delete it off your hard drive. No, but if you're if you're like saving it on their server, like like you know, like, I don't know how Microsoft Word works. I don't have it. I don't I don't have Microsoft Office. I use whatever came with my Mac. Um, but if you're doing like a Google Drive thing, wherever you know, because Google Drive like that sits on the Google Drive. I don't have a local copy of that unless yeah. I intentionally make one. Um, so in theory, if you're if everything's stored in the cloud and you're working on Microsoft Word and they decide, oh, this is against our TOS, we're getting rid of it. Like there's your manuscript. But I feel like that's not what they're using this for. Like you know, I, I don't think they're going to start snooping through all your all your short fiction to find out if you use the word the f bomb or something. Yeah. It doesn't. It's, it's, it, for one thing, that would take way too long. Like, like this, yeah. it, this is here as a safeguard against like you know serious like legal problems that could arise. And I think probably what Microsoft is doing is what Google did like a year and a half, mm -hmm. two years ago, which is, hey, if you got, I think they're probably if they're going to do anything, they're going to look through video files and they're going to try to figure mm -hmm. out like what kind of video are you storing on our servers? Yeah, video and images are probably a much more. Uh, interesting target for right. them, I would think. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's where you see most of the nefarious activity yeah. as well as far as storing stuff on public servers, I guess mm -hmm. is the best way to put it. Uh, but I think what everyone needs to get out of this is your stuff isn't safe and it shouldn't be safe if you're using somebody else's servers. It's just, 
it's silly to think that, oh, I put something on my Google Drive or this server that I'm paying money to Microsoft mm -hmm. for, or maybe I'm getting it for free, and I should be protected there. That's just simply not the case. If you want to be protected, you need to buy your own storage, you need to store it on your own stuff and keep it off of public servers, ultimately. Mm -hmm. Which to me seems obvious. But... Yeah, but it's not. Mm -hmm. I mean, to us, it's obvious to go and set your privacy settings on Facebook. Most people just get technology and just use it. Mm -hmm. They don't think about like, hey, where's all this going or whatever. Like they're just like, hey, this works great. I like it. I'm gonna keep using it. Yeah, I guess and that's true. I have a, I have some like home like server network like smart home stuff in my house, and the guy who set it up for me, like I was asking him all these security questions stuff, and he's like, no one's ever asked me that before. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, most like... people are like, the only question they ask is, does it work now? Right, and that's it. It's like my mom. Like my mom's on Facebook all day. Does she? Has she said her privacy stuff? Probably hasn't even touched it. Like, because most people are just like, it works. Some people are afraid if they go and change stuff, it won't work mm. the way it did before. And when you start talking about people who are older, who aren't like us and like dive into technology and try to learn everything about it. And, older than us, impossible. Right, <laughs> it is possible. And, and they don't try to wring every feature out of every piece of technology they come across. They're, they find something that they can use. They know how to use it. And they get very freaked out when it changes and they can't use mm -hmm. it the way that they did before. Think about every time Facebook makes some little change about right. how you upload a photo or like a photo or whatever, people go ballistic. So um, it, it, sometimes it's hard I for I admit us. I wasn't happy when Firefox changed the tabs. Right. <laughs> it's, yeah. But it is stuff like that all the time. They overlap like, now. It doesn't look good. Yeah. That a lot of... You still use Firefox. Yeah. I use Chrome. I haven't used anything but Chrome for years. Chrome... Uh... Routinely had a lot of issues on MacBooks, for like, for like, uh, like, like gotcha. GIFs, GIFs wouldn't like play properly, and it had trouble with it. So I eventually just gave up and stuck with Firefox. Gotcha. It's not ideal, but it's better than Safari. Yeah. So that's not saying much. I mean, I I don't think there is a particularly great web browser now, uh, at least on Mac. I use Chrome on my PC. Chrome? I thought Chrome on Mac was pretty good now. Maybe it is, but I'm not switching off. I've been on Firefox for years. I'm yeah, not once you have your stuff in there and everything, yeah. even though it probably migrates over like automatically now, the way everything works. Yeah, it's all kind of stored in, like on the computer itself to some degree, but like I don't know, yeah. it's fine. Like, at no point have I ever hit the point where I was like, this just doesn't work. You know, like, <laughs> I'm it changing. gets me there. It, yeah. it runs things fine. But ultimately, I think maybe what this is is a dog whistle from Microsoft to people. I don't think Microsoft, honestly, is going to go and look through people's Microsoft Word documents or that would be very Excel spreadsheets. I think this is Microsoft saying, hey... Although if they do, I would love to have a documentary about the people they make do that. Yeah. <laughs> that... What a horrible life. Talk about worse than a call center. I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to get people who are using Microsoft services for bad things to get their bad stuff mm. off of their servers. I think they're trying to say, hey, bro, like... Like sending up that flag would do some of the job for them. Right, kind of thing. yeah. yeah. Um, and they may not even do anything. I mean, this may just be them just trying to send that out there so that people clean it up as much as possible. Yeah, on I own. feel like Xbox Live multiplayer will remain comfortably toxic yep. uh, for, <laughs> yeah. the, for the time. Why would they mess with that? Why would they mess with a good <laughs> thing, Matt? It's where they make all their money. But uh, I think this might be one of those stories where... At first, people hear a lot about, like, oh, privacy problems, and you're searching through mm -hmm. my stuff. And I think, ultimately, well, I mean, it's, it's just a scare the, tactic. Well, yeah, but it's also, like, the wording of it. Like, you know, even as someone who tries to stay very, you know, neutral and very, uh, or very uh, pragmatic about it, like, you read that thing, and you're just, like, you, you instantly get to the slippery slope mentality where you're like, oh, yeah. oh, that could mean they could do this. It's right. like, are they going to do that? 
Probably, Probably not. not. Yeah. But like, you can't help but think about it. Yeah, absolutely. But I think if you're freaked out about it and maybe use a lot of Microsoft products, take a chill pill. I think you're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. As long as you're not doing something that you shouldn't be doing in the first place. Yeah. And if you were, you might want to take that stuff somewhere else. Yeah. You want to buy, buy a, one of those external hard drives. Put it there. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, let's move it's on. where I install all my Xbox One games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, external hard drives have become very, very important yeah. to life in general. I have like four of them or whatever, and like mm -hmm. almost all of them are full at this point. I'm constantly moving them places. And mm -hmm. yeah, media management has become oh, yeah. a big thing. I have thing. one that's just for game footage. Yeah, like for various Me jobs too. or whatever, and I and I've slowly built up this library of capture of everything. It's a very you know it's 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 the entire tape library of we used to have at G four, but it's on a little little rectangle this big. It's amazing. I have yeah, it's I have good stuff. I have three terabytes of gameplay mm -hmm. that I use for everything. We used to cut Pactor Factor, any other shows that we do, mm -hmm. and we I just started when I launched Sifted, and I just and yeah, you make sure build you it, build it, build it, yeah, and you name everything smartly yeah. like. Like, um, when I name a clip, not only is it, like, the game, it'll have the genre in the name, and it'll have, like, if it's indie or if it's VR. That way, when you go to search the archives, you're looking for VR footage. You just type in VR, and everything that's a VR game pops up. It's, mm -hmm. it's media management, but um, it's important. Like, honestly, if you don't but have that... But I ain't that, leaving that on the cloud. No, definitely so. not. You'd have to pay so much money to leave right. three terabytes on the cloud. I remember back at GT, whenever we expanded our SAN to like 10 terabytes. And our uh, post-production supervisor, Bobby Burns, who you know, yep. he comes into my office and he goes, we just expanded to 10 terabytes. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> 10 terabytes. We'll never use that. And then like six months later, he's like, 10 terabytes is full. Yep. I mean, we need you to go in here. And I'd have to sit there and like look at all the footage and like delete the stuff. Cause we'd record 40 hours for a video review mm. and it was like 720p or whatever but it's still taking up a lot of space so i'd have to go in and like sort through all the crap and delete all the extra files so we'd have enough room to like cut <laughs> it's crazy yeah, you how things think have changed well, i mean i have, I have a hard drive in my computer just for steam yeah and there's 13 terabytes that's big and a few months ago it like it said like oh there's not enough room to install it's not, I'm like are you kidding <laughs> and yeah i just install stuff on that like without thinking right. about it so i'm just because you're like it's 13 it. terabytes 13 terabytes you never uh, but like, eventually no, it i had to go up. through and pull some stuff off there because it was uh and i'm like 13 terabytes of video games That's why do insane. i need that like, that is a lot um <laughs> well, yeah i mean i remember when i got my uh my uh power mac performa in college in 1995 or so and and it had 16 megabytes of RAM. And I was like, how would you ever need more than that? It changes fast. It's crazy. 120 megabyte hard drive. Like, wow. That'll hold the whole internet. <laughs> <laughs> but it probably would hold, like, every college point, paper yeah. you ever wrote. Because that's all you're worried about then. Oh, that was Will it hold all my papers? Oh, no, I was worried about Marathon. Oh, really? And Marathon 2 and Dark Forces and X-Wing and TIE Fighter. Yeah, I did. But the... the the word processing folder was like three megs. Like right. It was nothing. It, it still was, is. Yeah. <laughs> text text hasn't gotten any bigger, really. Nope. Or smaller, really. No. Which is kind of weird to think about. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about some hardware issues that the Switch mm -hmm. has been having. Um, so, came out this week. Actually, it kind of started, the discussion started about two weeks ago. People who have bought third-party docks for their Switch started reporting bricking problems mm -hmm. with their consoles. Well, I've seen complaints about that going back almost to launch. Really? Like, yeah. Like, the, like issues with the third-party docks have been pretty... 
not widespread, because I don't think a lot of people buy third-party docs, but I've seen it. It's a semi-common complaint. But I think what's happened in this particular case is that Nintendo's first-party dock is such bullcrap with how much it costs. It's like, if you have you seen someone disassemble a Switch dock before? Yeah. It is. Well, I have one. I know it. It's just it's barely it's a piece nothing. of plastic. It like, is nothing. All it is is just a pass-through yeah. and to HDMI. That's yeah. all it does. It converts the video from the handheld into an HDMI signal to send to your television. That's all it is. And Nintendo's asking, what is it, like $80, $90? 80 or 90 It's yeah. insane. So people are like, you know what, screw you, Nintendo. I'm going to go buy this dock for 15 or 20 bucks from whoever, Mad Cats or whatever companies are making them. So it's an easy decision to make to buy one of these third-party docks, and especially if you have multiple TVs, you don't want to like move your dock every time you move the console. There's just a million reasons why you would buy one of these cheaper docks. If Nintendo's dock were even realistically priced, I mean, it's just completely out of the realm of reason what Nintendo's asking for these. It's forcing people to the third parties. And so a lot of people are buying these docks. Well, what's happening is it's breaking their consoles or wiping out all their saves, basically ruining their Switch or just wiping out dozens of hours of their lives that they've spent playing games. Um, and so over the past week, Nintendo spoke out about it. Nintendo said, well, we don't even check those things. Mm-hmm. Nintendo says that it does not even check the third-party docks to make sure that they work without breaking something before they go onto the market. Is that normal? For unlicensed products, sure. I guess so. Why would they test that something that's insane. not licensed? Because, obviously, because what happens when... It's not their problem. Well, it does end up being their problem because they ultimately have to repair them or whatever. Yeah, it's out of warranty and they get, they get charged for it, so they, what do they care? The, the third, like, third-party unlicensed stuff is unlicensed. It's not up to any console manufacturer to test third-party stuff that they aren't approving of in the first place. Like, that's a risk you always take. Normally, that risk is basically negligible. You know, like, it's yeah. not a common problem. To, the problem with, that's happening here, as far as anyone can determine, is this guy really, there's this guy uh, who dug, I can't remember his name, but he dug really hard into the Switch's USB-C protocols to see how it talks to the dock, how the dock talks to the, the monitor it's hooked to, how the dock talks to the Switch, Etc. Said, and, and basically, what he found out is that the Switch's USB-C protocols are complete garbage. Yeah. Like completely sloppy, barely, barely communicates. And so, what, what's probably happening here is the protocols are so weird on the Switch that a, a third-party dock doesn't have the same kind of interface in terms of the USB-C protocols that the Nintendo dock does, and it's causing some problem that bricks the console. And he said at the end of his little, like, kind of research report on it, that to fix most of this would require a hardware revision, not a firmware upgrade. Uh, now, I don't see any reason Nintendo would ever do that, because who, I don't think they care what the third, you know, because the, the solution is to buy Nintendo products. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. that's good for them, it basically. Is. Yeah. Um, so don't, I think, the, the, the answer here is do not buy third-party docks for your Switch. Yeah, don't. And if you have one, stop using it immediately. Yes, I would Because if you've used it and it hasn't bricked your console yet, you're, you're just lucky. Yeah. It, it will eventually happen. But here's the, big, the bigger story, though, really, is it's not native to Switch, the problem with USB-C. Mm-hmm. It's a problem with everything. USB-C has no... As of right now, USB.org does not even certify USB-C products yet. They have yet to to establish a protocol where they could then say, this is a certified product. And so what happens is 
A lot of the ports are goofy, they're missing parts. A lot of the plugs are goofy, they're missing parts. Or one will have a part, one won't, one won't and they try to talk to each other and the, the signals get scrambled. And so really the root of the problem is the USB-C. Mm -hmm. At least based on the research that I've done, that's what I've come to the conclusion of. Well, the, uh, the guy who did this, I wish I could remember his name, or, or what the, but you can, you can probably find it. It's on, it popped up on most forums and reddits about the Switch uh, in the last week or so. Um, I mean, he's, he, this, this guy does USB stuff, is what he does. And he says, even by current USB-C USB like, standards, the Switch is off in crazy town. Like, it's even worse than normal. Um, in part, because, you know, maybe, you know, cause it sounds like basically Nintendo made it up as they went along. Cause like you say, there's no solid protocol, you know, yeah. bedrock protocol for it. And they figure, okay, it works. So screw it. You know, like why it not? It works with our dog. Yeah, yeah. As long as it works, you know, in its own ecosystem, right. like what's the problem? Um, the Nintendo problem is they charge so much for well, yes. their dog. <laughs> Uh, I don't, I don't think this the is a thing. Where, I don't think they know that. Like, I don't think it was like a thing where it's like, oh, well, you know, just the way we've designed it, it might, you know, third parties might brick it, so charge a ton for our dock, we'll make a ton of money. Like, I don't think that's happening. That's just intent. Everything about the switch is overpriced. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, even to the point that, like, I don't, I don't know if you saw that. Like, there's starting to be a thing where people are noticing that uh, current switches are some of them are popping up with. Um, uh, inferior screens. No, uh, I'm not surprised by that at all. Because though. because uh, you know some of the I guess some of the factories they've had to use to uh, you know produce as many as they need to produce are using a less a lower quality screen than what the, like the launch stuff shipped with, and you can see like you've seen people that have to re return them over and over again because like you you'll get one and on the handheld screen you'll see it's like there's bleed like a light bleed and it's not you know, it doesn't look as good as the original units. Interesting. Uh, um, it doesn't which surprise is, me at all, because that's one of the first things that Nintendo <coughs> looks to do when it's trying to lower the price of manufacturing a piece of hardware. Mm -hmm. It always, and usually it will message that, though, that, hey, we're starting to use cheaper screens now, and a lot of times that'll coincide with a mm -hmm. price drop, but obviously no price drop for Switch, and probably not one in the foreseeable future either. Mm -hmm. So I haven't seen one of these inferior screens in person, because mine's a launch, and I don't really know a lot of other people with Switches, certainly not that have bought them recently. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's a sh you know it's it's a sh you know and that was a 3ds thing too. I don't think it's the same thing. The 3ds had a problem where like literally two different types of screens. Like one yeah. was was I think TINS and one was a different one and like IPS or something like that. And like well, one's a touchscreen, one isn't. Right, but like 3DS. but the top screen you had two different versions of the screen you could get, and one was markedly way better uh. than the other. And That's when you start going to stores and you're like looking at like the model number. Well, you couldn't on the tell. There was no like, way to tell. It depended yeah. which factory it was made right. in. So you had, literally had to buy it, open it, look like turn it on, look at it. And if it was you, it, you got lucky. And if it wasn't, you had to return it. Bad business. If you cared. Um, but it's like that thing where it's like, I find that to be incredibly reprehensible. Where like two customers are paying the same amount of money for the same product, and one could end up with a better version of that product. That happened to me beyond kind of the standard, you know, factory deviance, you know, manufacturing deviance uh, margin. That happened with my PS4. Whenever I tripped over the HDMI cable in here and basically broke it, and they couldn't mm -hmm. fix it. When I went to buy my replacement PS4, they had just released that newer version. And I went to Best Buy, and I had to have them pull all of the PS4s out of the, the thing that they had mm -hmm. there. And I had to look on the back of each one for the, the model number. Right. Because some of them were the old models, some of them were the new models. And, you know, most people just go in there, they just buy, they just buy mm -hmm. it. They don't look. 
And like, they thought I was crazy at first. They didn't believe me. I'm like, nope, they just released a new model like three months ago. I guarantee you probably have some of them in here and you have some of the old ones. They're like, oh, they're like, but basically like this guy's a pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as I pulled two of them out and showed them that they had two different ones, they're like, oh my gosh, like, wow, you're right. And I'm like, yeah, I'm right. Like, but I had to do that with the GameCube and my, my launch GameCube broke didn't down. Didn't have the... And when I, I went and bought another one and I came home and it didn't have the digital out. And yep. I go back to Best Buy and we, one of the, the guy who was working the games, like we dug through almost every GameCube they had until we, because you had to like pry open the side of the box yeah. and look down to see if it was there. Cause it, and, and like finally I found, you know, one, one. one of the same color that had uh, a digital out and got that. And that's still the same one I have today. But like... Um, nobody told me about that change either. It was, it was, I, I remember, and I, of course, I just, yeah, I'm like, where is the, there isn't one. Yeah. Like, Nintendo it, does that a lot though. It, it revised the Wii and like took out mm -hmm. like all, a bunch of stuff on like the yeah. $100 version of the Wii. And so and it's revisions not, are revisions. It happens. But I mean, this is also in the same kind of thing as like the Red Ring of Death where it's like, yeah. you know, certain play, certain 360s made in certain play, I mean, they all sort of eventually something bad happened to them, but like, Made in certain factories, using certain kinds of solder was was uh, the the, uh, the the kind of predictor for how fast something was going to fail. And you know, I you know, people that got you know that we all know that we got the launch systems at uh, that stupid Barker hangar, or not Barker hangar, now it's in Santa Monica, the hangar in Palmdale where yeah. they did their big launch nowhere. thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I, I, I know people that were standing next to me that got their system at the same time I did, and theirs red ring of death like six months later. Mine lasted three years. Yeah. So mine so, eventually red ringed. Yeah, I got it did. It, it did red it red ringed when I was uh, about halfway through Ninja Gaiden two. I remember exactly what I was playing when yeah. it happened. Uh, rest in peace, well. launch three sixty. <laughs> but um, it's that same kind of thing. It was like that's not acceptable. That like you got it off the same truck. as yeah, Everybody same else. Same truck. Same time. Same moment. Yeah. Yep. Uh, maybe they got one of the ones that fell, if you remember that. Yeah. Where, where, where they, they opened the right, trucks. Right, yeah. And they all, the first like two <laughs> row, rows all fell yeah, right out on, of the truck. And the it's concrete. like, not that one. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I'll, I'll say this. I do have sympathy for people who have had this happen to them, though. Because You've had a lot of Switch hardware issues of your own. I've had Switch hardware issues myself. Finally, I just now have a Switch that works the way it's supposed to. It's very nice to have mm -hmm. hardware that works the way it's supposed to. But... If I, I can't blame these people for buying a third-party dock. I, mm -hmm. I if I needed one, I probably would have done the same thing. No way in hell I would have paid Nintendo eighty or ninety dollars for. Yeah. Well, I almost did a couple times because, like the you know, this the dock is terribly designed. It puts too much pressure on the side, the bottom corners of the screen. So I've got the like some, I've got some screen. scratches yeah. on them that are never coming off. Yeah. Uh, and it gets really, really, really hot. And yep. like you, you know, the sw my switch is is slightly bent because of that. You know, and I'm, it doesn't really matter because I'm never going to use it as a portable. I just use it as a console. But a couple times I thought, well, if I could get an open face third party dock it would be less pressure yeah. and it would be less heat i mean that's retention. a good point like the design of the, the design of the dock, dock is, is garbage. crap yeah it's like yeah. it's scratched my screen scratched which that's is how like, i knew i got my same unit back when they repaired it because it had yeah. the scratch which is like screen. which is like incredibly out of character for nintendo nintendo's hardware is generally even yeah. if it's underpowered is generally extremely well designed. Yep, and well manufactured. And well manufactured yeah. and can take a beating. And like, yep. I mean, look at all those Game Boy colors that have been through bomb bombs and like stuff in yep. Iraq and sh and shit that are on display. You know, one of them is on display in the New York po uh, Nintendo World Store. It still works. Yeah, it's just it's like this melted piece of like like lump of plastic. And it still turns. That this, on. this soldier <laughs> brought back from Afghanistan or something, and it still plays Tetris. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it is out of character. Um, 
And I, I'm not sure where the problem is here. For I don't know if it's the third-party docks or if it's Nintendo's port on the bottom of the Switch. Mm-hmm. It could be anything. But well, I think it's probably just you know a perfect storm of horrible problems with the USB-C protocol that, like you say, doesn't have any kind of real standardization yet. And if you're going to kind of make up your own, to you know, because again, it's not Nintendo's responsibility really to you know, watchdog what other companies are doing with their third-party peripherals. They made sure that their own dock doesn't brick the thing, and that's basically as far as it goes. I'm wondering if it's maybe Nintendo's responsibility to get those products off the market. Well, I mean, that's their responsibility. That's, that's those companies' responsibility. Like, Nintendo can't control that. Like, you can make unofficial, like, product for anything. Can like, you? Yeah. I actually don't know the answer to that. You can? If Nintendo could stop them, they would have back in the day. Yeah. I mean, that's what the whole Game Genie lawsuit yeah, I guess you're was right. about. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. That is a good good uh, case to point to. Um, so I do feel bad for anyone who had this happen to them because it could have been me very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, if I needed a dock, I would have bought a third-party dock. I would have not bought Same. the first-party one. I'm just lucky that I haven't needed one. So um, I feel for you guys. If you've bought a third-party dock, stop using it. Yeah, it does seem to have... The, the incidence rate seems to have gone up since the last update on the Switch. Right. So, yeah, well, it was like 5.0 5.0 seems to have... Yeah. Like, this seems to have gotten more prevalent since then. At least that seems to be what I'm gathering. That, combined with the guy who did that report on the USB-C protocols for the Switch and kind of ferreted out maybe what's happening between the third-party docks and the system. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, he, he didn't seem to think much of it could be fixed through firmware. He yeah. seemed to think it was a hardware revision problem. These uh, third-party peripheral companies have a tough road to toe coming up. Yeah, well, they're going to have to be real careful with testing stuff and really. Well, they're probably going to end up getting like if they don't come clean and make good, they're going to end up with a class action lawsuit against them. That and could these, be. I mean, some of these third-party peripheral companies are holding on by a thread as they as it is. I mean, obviously, Mad Cats filed for bankruptcy and is, doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah, well, so. Mad Cats is a is a uh, cautionary tale of uh, don't put plastic instruments out. Yeah. Certainly don't bet your company on people buying another like fourth rounds a fourth round of plastic guitars. Yeah, absolutely. But still, uh, these companies aren't huge. They aren't no. like Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo. They something like this could put them out of business and I'm sure right now some of them are like, "Man, what are we going to do if this Mm-hmm. They're going to have to take care of it. Assuming I mean, a lot of those people even realize that that's what happened. Right. But let's be honest. Like, if you're in this position, the only way that a third-party peripheral maker could make it good is if they give you a new Switch. And, which they're not going to do. Which they're not going to. And well, also, even you if they want, did... You don't want a new Switch. You want your Switch because it has all your all saves. Your saves. And you can't transfer anywhere. I guess you can now, I think. It was, it was, did they change that? You can't still. No? No. No, if you, like, for instance, like, people still... I thought there was a way to put them on a cloud or something. No, not yet. yet. They they said they're working on it. But, like, for instance, if you send in your Switch to get repaired and they can't get your save, you get it back, they're gone. Um, I think one guy from IGN just had that happen. Mm -hmm. Brian Altano, I think is his name. Yeah, I think I read something about that. Yeah, I saw something on Twitter where he's like, I sent my Switch in and they sent it back and everything's just gone. I was lucky. Like, I got Mm -hmm. my same Switch back and it had all my stuff on it still. That's That's a lot of Zelda down the drain. It is. Or just whatever. I mean, I've spent dozens of hours playing Mario and just tons of other stuff, too. So so I guess that's it. The final word of caution is if you're using a third-party Switch dock, get rid of it, throw it out, break it so somebody else can't find it and start using it. Because then it's on you if their console gets bricked. So, yeah, and I guess maybe if you already got bricked, the only thing you can do is just contact the manufacturer of the peripheral, though I don't think... You'll never be able to prove it. 
Yeah, I guess not. Send it to Nintendo, get it repaired, don't use that dock anymore. I guess the only solution. But then you wonder, too. I mean, you're going to have to pay to get it repaired because Nintendo's right. going to be like, oh, you use this with third-party whatever. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. Buyer beware, I guess. Yeah. But, like, I, again, I, I have mean, empathy. Again, that is a risk you're taking when you buy third-party peripherals. And you save... Always is seventy percent off. Normally, of that party. there's no you know. Normally, there's no problem. Yeah. Like, you know, but in this case, something happened. I think there's been the only other thing I remember is maybe a problem with an external hard drive for Xbox 360. I think I remember uh, correctly. There was there was like you know a couple of those you know weird gadgets that were supposed to like cool the thing off, oh, yeah, prevent the rest. Yeah. Like some of those were not <laughs> the most well-tested items in the world. I, I don't understand why anybody ever wanted those in the first place. Because the idea was it was supposed to like prevent the red, the ring, red of ring of death. It's funny how it like hysteria feeds into capitalism. Mm. Fear and it's just bizarre. Alright, let's move on. We're going to talk... We just talked about that with the Far Cry 5 bomb shelter stuff. So Yeah, absolutely. It's a good point. Uh, we're going to move on. We're going to talk next about Steam Machines. Today, speaking of bombs, this actually is one story that popped up today that we were able to add to the show. Um, today, Valve removed Steam Machines from its official marketplace. Mm. What happened, Matt? Uh, no one wants that. Wants what? Like PCs that are pretending to be consoles. Uh, especially, or, like, Valve didn't make them themselves. I think that was part of the problem, was, like, they were not affordable. They were all kind of farmed out through third parties. Everybody had their own idea of what these things' specs should be. Um, the Alienware box was kind of adorable and cool, but like, like for the price, it felt like you were just sort of getting something that was like didn't didn't like really give you the best of both worlds. It was just sort of like a, a midpoint between them, and it's like I think PC owners want the power and the flexibility of a PC, and the console owners want the ease and the sort of uh, compatibility of a console, and like these didn't really do either you know tremendously well and for a price that just wasn't worth the asking isn't the real problem steam os though no it isn't i don't think most people even are aware of that idea like steam os doesn't prevent you from buying one of these things i don't think it's just like what are you going to use it for i think that that's what prevented it, at least a fa it was a factor in what kept them from being a success because they aren't really just a piece, a mini PC. Right, well, they're a console. Right. But they're trying to be a console, but they're also a PC, but, like, it's... it's but it, don't you think that what that's is the it? problem, though? If they were just mini PCs, people would be more open to them? But SteamOS has had probably, so many problems. Probably not, because, like, you can... Even so, you can still make your own PC of a similar size and, and power level for less than they were charging for these things. Is that true? Yeah. These things were very overpriced. Like... They might, they, it would have been better, I think, I mean, maybe not better for Valve, because like, I think one of the advantages here is that Valve didn't make these things, so they don't have a warehouse full of these things sitting around that they don't know what to do with, because they farmed it out to other companies. But like, if Valve had just sort of kind of made it themselves and had a, a kind of a, a singular uh, a protocol to follow, it might have, you know, it, it might have been a little more unified and a little more easier to get your head around. Um, but it's, this whole venture was just kind of scattered. And I remember people saying, it's like, oh, it's the end of Windows. Like, this is going to kill Windows as a gaming platform. This is the end of Microsoft's domination of PCs. And, of course, no one, no, I mean, if you thought that, you were 
not playing with a full deck or something because it was that was never it, was, it, was, it reminded me of when people said that you know PlayStation Vita TV you remember the Vita yeah, TV yeah. thing came out <laughs> like oh this is the end of it like they just right. they just saved the Vita and they changed how games are going to be played it's like no they sold like 1700 of those things but wasn't like, the Vita TV kind of switch before switch yeah it was it was a, <laughs> it was more of a server idea yeah um, the problem with Vita TV was it didn't play everything right, right. Um, and i think that's the problem with the steam machines i feel like if the steam machines just had windows loaded on them they would have been far more successful i started but reading but that's the opposite of what the steam machines are trying to be right but like that's they, they the were problem. trying to subvert the windows dominance but see i so i started researching haha for this show every once in a while i actually do it and i was reading some articles from the part from valve's partners and they were talking about how Valve was aloof, and you'd email them about something, and they'd hear back from them like two weeks later. Tell me about it. And would get like a cryptic (laughs) response that wouldn't address what their question was. Mm -hmm. And all they'd want to know is like, hey, when is the next update to SteamOS coming out? What, What are the benchmarks that we can use so that anything that we're doing with our products is future-proofed against whatever updates? Mm -hmm. And they would hear nothing, and then... Like a week later, the OS update would go out. And they're mm-hmm. just like, oh, okay, well, I guess this is the... Up-. And they just said that working with Valve was an absolute nightmare. And like you said, they were the ones with skin in the game. They were they, holding the bag. They were the ones that were paying to build the hardware and paying to distribute that hardware and trying to lobby retailers to get shelf mm-hmm. space. Um, they, I mean, Valve was smart, if you think about it. Oh, they're it. smart, but their heart's not in anything. It's like, it's the same thing with, like, a lot of the development, you know, Half-Life 3, where's that? It's like, they don't care. They, you know, this, it feels like no one's really at home with, with the, the ventures in, at Valve that they aren't really, you know, invested in. And a lot of people have pointed to this, too, as another reason why it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Steam Link. Because they're like, well, why would somebody buy a console if they can just buy this little dinky thing for 20 bucks? Or less sometimes. Or now there are two. It was a dollar the yeah. other day. You get Steam Link for a dollar the other day. And look, Steam Link is not as good as having an actual machine oh, in the same it, room. Believe me, because the, the lag is an issue even on a home network wired connections. Yeah. But the it was. But it was like ten bucks. It, you know, right. it's like for it's ten bucks is a pretty good thing. It's because yeah. if you read the ad copy, it says. Play your PC on right. your couch while your PC's back in the other room. Yeah, and I mean, and they're not wrong. It's just good luck just, with anything that requires split-second timing. Yeah, the experience is just not not there. But that's enough to pe- have people say, why would I spend three or $400 on this shuttle PC, which isn't even a or PC, more. or more, Way more when I can spend $30 and I can just stream my PC mm-hmm. to my television, not knowing whether it worked or not. Yeah, but it's like my solution to that has basically been like, well, I just won't play the split second there's plenty of stuff i have on steam that doesn't require that and that's better than not having it on the tv absolutely and then i think the steam controller played a part in it because it came out it got lukewarm reviews at first people generally love it now yeah but But i think early on nobody nobody quite knew what to think about it yep at first it was like kind of people were wishy-washy on it it's so weird and and that sticks right and And that was a huge component of the steam machine this was Mm -hmm. like how am I going to play a PC game on my couch? This is how you're going to play a PC game on yeah. your couch. And it actually works pretty well. It does. It's a great controller, in all honesty. It's probably the best piece of hardware Valve ever built. But I think it was all those factors that contributed to Steam machines just essentially being dead on arrival. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have Steam OS, you have Steam Link, you have the Steam Controller. I think all that contributed to muddy the waters and keep people from jumping in. Um, I think if it were just a shuttle PC, 
that you could buy in a form factor that fits under your TV for three or four hundred bucks, I think they would have done way, way better. But I just, like, that's the opposite of what the Steam machine was trying to be. Like, they were intentionally building on Linux and Steam OS so you didn't get tied to Microsoft. Right. Um, which, you know, some would say that is the ultimate goal that you should be striving for in PC gaming. Some would say it's a fool's errand. No, but, I mean, like, there's a lot of people out there that would prefer to have it tied to Microsoft. Yeah. Like, but not it, everyone's like look, us I'm, and is like, oh, Microsoft's the evil empire. But right? I'm certainly, I'm, I mean, I don't think that about Microsoft, but I'm certainly like, I'm not against the idea of having like a, like a little functional cool PC, like, you know, sit, sitting next to consoles in the living room. To Absolutely. Kind of like, I'm yeah. t- but like none of these, I look at, looked at these things and none of these things are anything I would feel were worthy use of my money. Like it, it didn't, and it just like, it felt doomed. It felt yeah. doomed to me just for a lot of the reasons you say. Um, you know, and I, I acknowledge, you know, but I, it's like on one hand, yeah, if it was like a functional PC, uh, it probably would have been at least like if, if it, the whole steam machine thing goes down in flames, you've got a functional PC you can do other things with on your TV. It's like, but that's not the point of what a steam machine was trying to be. And the question kind of becomes like, you know, and the argument goes on, it's been going on since this happened earlier today. It's like, well, is it because no one wants a steam machine, the concept of what that is, or is it because they did it wrong? I think it's probably more that they did it wrong then nobody wants that idea. Yeah, I, I like the idea yeah. of a shuttle PC mm-hmm. that acts as a console that sits underneath my television. I love it. I just think the execution mm-hmm. was flawed, and I think... I love the Alienware. I mean, I, I think ironically... Price, but the Alienware one, the Alienware Steam Machine was adorable. Yeah. It was just, it, it, great. Huge power in a little box, and I was like, I, if it was like half the price, I would probably got, got it just to have a little, that, that little box there. It was. I, I love the Alienware one. I think the irony is that this product was launched to kind of go, like you said, to go against the grain of the all-inclusive Microsoft environment. And then it just ended also, up doing the same thing. Also, I can't do enough parkour to Yeah, I know, to enjoy a, yeah, a steam like... machine. <laughs> and I, they ended up doing the same thing. They ended up making it this kind of closed system that kind of went against the grain of the whole aesthetic of what PC gaming is. It yeah, just... but that's, that's the, the, the point. Though, like that's what it's supposed to be. That, like, that's the idea. Um, that's a poor, poorly thought out idea. I yeah, but that's what they're trying to push on it. Is like the idea that, like, oh, you want the ease of use of a console? Well, you have to kind of take away some of that freedom. I completely disagree with that, but <laughs> I think they're thinking there is extremely flawed. I think you well, absolutely I th- I think... have a shuttle PC that works just like any other PC. Well, at that point, you don't need Valve. You just make it yourself. See, well, that's the that's the key. Why? Why you, you even do need Valve? Because Valve. I don't need Valve for that. I can build my own little box and I I can put SteamOS on it and you're done. But it makes it easy. Like, a lot of people don't want to build a PC. They would like to be able to play PC games that look better than console games, spend three or four hundred dollars on a box that somebody else built. Right. And And part of that is is having something on it that just gets you to the games and you don't have to deal with the OS and you're done. But see, Valve legitimizes it and makes it feel safe. Mm. You know what the theme of episode 123 is? Fear. (laughs) Seriously, it's come back around with every topic. And I think this is another case where people fear that if you don't have a big company behind it, they don't trust the product. And Mm -hmm. I think Valve just slapping its logo on these things would have been enough for people to say, hey, Valve is behind this. I trust this. I'm not afraid that I'm going to get some crazy virus on this console or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think there's a fear factor that comes along with just buying from smaller companies. Well, I think that also, like, I think some of that fear factor has been uh, justified in recent yeah, years. Yeah, you're right. Uh, as anyone who was a backer of the OUYA can tell you. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a 
cautionary tale. Yeah. yeah. Like, at least, you know, Valve isn't going, you know, Steam's not going anywhere one way or the other. Yeah. Your Steam, maybe the Steam machines are for sale anymore, but you have a Steam machine. It still works. Yeah. You can still get on Steam's store, you yeah, know, right. like, it's still yeah. there. Um, I just, I think it's it's an it's an idea that, that maybe will come along at some point and, and function, but, like, the distinction just isn't quite there. Maybe, maybe ironically, maybe the move of, like, you know, Sony and Xbox is in, uh, in more of a kind of a PC-in-a-box incremental upgrade idea as, like, the kind of the cell phone model. Ironically, maybe that, that will end up making this kind of idea more understandable to the general consumer, and it could open that market up more for this kind of a thing. Not that I think Valve would necessarily take that plunge again without a, a good reason. I wonder what's going to happen all those old Steam boxes. you think they'll strip them for parts and then sell the parts i don't know i mean ultimately you Theoretically, might you could i mean there's nothing you, except for the case there's nothing right. stopping you you mean you might be able to get like really good deals on these like i would keep my eyes peeled over the next like four or five months you might be able to get some kind of a beast processor or graphics card i mean most of them had 1060s i believe if i remember correctly G- uh, gtx 1060s i think typically were what was in them uh, maybe the modern ones yeah, yeah. The, the ones early on it was not that yeah, that, that card didn't exist yet. But if you keep your, I mean, I don't see Valve taking these apart and stripping them out for parts. Well, Valve has no connection. Like, they, all right, they, they don't even manufacture. They, they didn't them. make them. They're, yeah, they're just... these manufacturers might, but probably not. Like, you might be able to find these like cut rates someplace where you get yourself a nice graphics card and a bunch of RAM and a bunch of other stuff for like two hundred bucks. Well, if enough of them liqu- have enough of them, you liqu- liquidate enough of them, hey, maybe there's your uh, Switch revision. There you go. <laughs> That's true. So keep your eyes peeled over the next five or six months. Now that Valve has stopped supporting these, they're done. Like, they're mm-hmm. doomed. And the manufacturers Yeah, are... I guess you could get them straight through, like, Alienware's site or whoever right. else is making them. I would keep an eye on there. You might be able to get a really, really good deal on some hardware that either you can just run the box as is, or you can pull the hardware out and put it in your yeah, rig. Once, and... once they go on clearance, they might actually be charging, like, what they should have charged in the first place. But, right. Yeah. I mean, there's, the economy of scale is a thing. It's one reason that something as powerful as a PlayStation or Xbox One X costs, you know, what they cost instead of a thousand bucks. Yep. Absolutely right. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about something that the gaming industry does every year. Whether we like it or not. And after this year, I'm really starting to wonder why. So yesterday was April Because EGM did that Shenlong thing back in 1992, and everyone just wants to be the next one. No, you're right. There have been some pretty brilliant ones throughout the years. And some stuff leads to real stuff. Like the uh, Mist of Pandaria was, was a joke originally. Yeah, yeah. And it ended up actually becoming, becoming an, expansion. an expansion for World of Warcraft. Yeah. I mean, or the cow, like Blizzard does tend to make, if their jokes are good enough, they do tend to turn out to be real later. Yeah, yeah. So. And that's the thing. So this year, a lot of these actually did end up kind of being real. Yeah, some, I mean, that, that's kind of a, a trend in the, re, in the internet. I, you know, same with, uh, what was it, Think Geek did the, the, the Tauntaun sleeping bag. Right, right. That became a real product. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really good idea. Uh, I do have a list, so we're not going to talk about every April Fool's joke, and this is just kind of a fun segment to kind of go over some of this stuff, um, but I did pluck out like six or seven of the ones that kind of stood out for me. Um, the first one was 8-Bit Pokemon Go, and I believe, I believe that's, yeah, I think it's cool, and, mm-hmm. but I think that's gone tomorrow. So they yeah. actually did launch this. This wasn't just like... Yeah, it was an actual update. Yeah, yeah, this wasn't like a trailer that they put up and was like, hey, 8-bit Pokemon Go. No, they actually no, you loaded updated, up your Pokemon, yeah. it actually had the 8-bit sprites. Yeah, which, which I think is, is pretty cool. Um, yeah. It's a fun thing. It doesn't 
like fool you into thinking anything cool is exist in existence that isn't really in existence. It's a nice nostalgical shot, you know. Apparently, cool. people did complain. Still, yeah, well, people complain about anything, but they're wrong. <laughs> that's a that's a fun thing for a couple days. Like that's cool. Yeah, I like that. I, I'm shocked that that many people are still playing Pokemon Go. To be perfectly honest, well, a few with million you. people still play it. How sure. many? Oh, millions still. Oh yeah. I mean, not like what the peak was crazy, you know. But there's still a lot of players. Yeah. I, uh, when now, I got... now they got to pay out like how many millions for the, the Pokemon Go Fest thing. Yeah. It's like, oh. <laughs> when I got my new phone, I did download it again just to see if it looked or played any differently on my new phone than my old one. And, and it didn't really. It didn't. But I think my battery didn't drain quite as fast. Right. On my iPhone 5, I could literally watch the pixels disappear on the <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a vampire. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, on my new phone, it doesn't seem to be quite as bad. Um, probably the most common April Fool's joke, just industry-wide, was Battle Royale mm-hmm. stuff. Every game, genre, now we have a Battle Royale mode. That right. was like the I thought, most... pa- I thought Path of Exile went the most for broke on yeah. that, and that was, a, that, was, that was well done. Yeah. I was into that. Um, and, I mean, it's an indictment on what's going on in the industry right now, because mm-hmm. everybody, it seems like at least once per week, a new Battle Royale mode is announced. Period. I guess I'm not paying that close attention to yeah. that. Well, you know, uh, yeah, another one. Because I can only that. think of the three: but PUBG, Fortnite, and uh, Red Dead Redemption's got one. H1Z1 has one with vehicles mm. now. Um, there was just a game today where they announced uh, the game for Switch. It had been in development for other platforms, and they debuted it with the Switch version with battle royale gameplay. Um, that was kind of the most common most popular recurring joke i would have to Fools. think that that is going to be the what the dark zone is in division two probably like that's what you would be pretty simple to adapt that idea to that i would probably play that <laughs> whereas i did not play the dark zone hardly at all um in the division uh and then razor oh the always edgy razor mm. they're speaking of a third-party peripheral maker in addition to Which, building uh, rings. does had a, i've had at least two bricking problems with razor components let me guess the synapse program on your pc yep. <laughs> it's so bad constant. i don't install it constant. i just don't install it no and i i, I have it never i have a never install rule it still tries to get around now oh yeah but I get rid of oh, it. you get alerts if you don't install it you keep getting alterts like every it has, time there, you... there is a bug one of the problems i ran into was my one of my my black widow keyboard and if you try to upgrade the firmware on it through the synapse app this is a Black Widow right it, here. Uh, I think this is the same one I had, actually. It's a battle, <laughs> is that Battlefield? Yep, yep it, it is. It was the yeah. same one. Um, it bricks the keyboard. Oh, jeez. So you have, I had to like get like old firmware to roll it back and How stick it. How can you the, brick a keyboard? That's exactly. insane. <laughs> and so and apparently this error has been in... Like, so that happened to me when I first put my my PC that I have now together, which was like right, right around the time Witcher 3 came out. It's like May 2015. Yeah. So the error for that had been in Synapse since 2011. And they hadn't <laughs> fixed it in four years. As far as I know, they still haven't. So, like, that is a level of lackadaisability I am just simply not going to put up with. So, yeah, Razer stuff uh, and I do not uh, see eye to eye very often. Well, Razer did kind of do the traditional April Fool's thing where they just put out a trailer for a fake product. Right. And it's an energy drink that's supposed to make you a better gamer. Um, and they went all in on this. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, production values there for sure. Had a decent budget and uh, some planning going into this. I mean, ultimately, it does showcase their products pretty well. But uh, <laughs> doing the moonwalk on the trackpad. But yeah, so they did a fake energy drink commercial. Um, hmm. Fortnite itself, while everybody else was spoofing Fortnite, 
what does Fortnite do? Fortnite uh, released images of a fake remote-controlled bus. Hmm. So you know the bus that like teleports yeah. you in? You can see it right there. So essentially, Epic put out this ad that said, oh, you can now buy a remote-controlled bus that flies through the air. Um, they, it felt to me like Epic had hedged its bets a little bit with it because you could blatantly tell that it was fake by the ad. And I think mm -hmm. Epic, it, because the game is so big, that I almost feel like Epic was like, look, we have to make it blatantly obvious that this thing isn't real because right. the game is so big that there will be like a stampede at Walmart, people trying to like go and buy it. Well, the, uh, inter the interesting thing about the, the if it was like a successful April Fool's joke, especially for like a consumer-based thing, uh, the way it, the best way to make it like really catch is to make it something that people want badly enough that they'll believe it by default right because they want it they to want be it real. so bad yeah uh, I think the most the best example of that that I saw uh, this year was the Lego vacuum I don't know if you saw this <laughs> I can see why the people Lego is Lego put it up I it didn't was see it, but... it was a vacuum little like leg like fun little vacuum looking thing and basically the idea is like it vacuums the bricks up separates them from dust and sorts them into size, category, and color. Oh my god. And I'm like, yes, that's, I would pay a lot of money for that. That's too good yeah, to be true. Most it, parents would, like, you know, buy that in a heartbeat. Uh, I don't know how you'd... And it's like, you could do it. I mean, in the same way, you could make it like a vacuum version of, like, the coin banks where it sorts them into that. I don't know how you'd make it detect the color and keep it affordable. But that was their April Fool's thing, and it was like, it's that thing where, like, I saw tons of people share that without realizing it was oh, yeah. fake. Because even because day like, one, day one. Yeah. Well, because they're like, <laughs> it's like they want it so badly, right, you know. Yeah. It's like, well, if you could just get like a Roomba that at night went and picked up all the Legos, so in the morning you didn't step on one and mm -hmm. want to freaking kill yourself because that is some of the worst pain you ever feel in your life. Yeah, well, stepping I, on a Lego. I just make sure I don't. I put the Legos away. Well, you don't have kids, right? But these kids, they strew them like everywhere. Well, you teach them not to do that. Yeah. Well. You can tell um, you've never had a kid. Not that I have either, but... Neither have you, but I, I I, was a kid, and I didn't leave my Legos everywhere. I, I used... That, that would not have gone over well in my house. Yeah, we had me. a playroom, and we just left stuff laying wherever in there. Play-Doh in a carpet. Now, that's yeah, different. <laughs> or magic markers on the walls or the mirrors. That's another... I never did that, although there was a period for some reason when I had, I had like, the little, like, handheld LCD games... I don't know why I did this, but there was a period where every time, time I get a high score, I would scratch it into the wall with a push pin, like like graffiti. I would I, in like a, in like the square like digital font of right. the numbers, and it, it took like a month or so for my mom realized like, well, she, why are you doing that? Like, what, uh, right just, next to where your mom had put like your height chart as you grew up. No, I was just right through the w wallpaper. Just, wow, just all this, it's still there. Wow, yeah. wow. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Final Fantasy fourteen online go. That was funny. Yeah, I don't know enough about Final Fantasy fourteen to really get the nuance of this joke. But... Yeah, yeah, but I don't think you really had to know it to get it. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> My reaction to Final Fantasy is very subdued these days. It sure know, is. Yeah. <laughs> I've never I've never played thing. fourteen. Like I hear it's actually pretty good. I have not played it. Um, you know, you know what a big MMO gamer I am. <laughs> yeah, like I was. So, like, my girlfriend started playing it. Uh, she seems to think it's fine. Um, 
our friend Benson like loves it. But apparently, like you have to get through the vanilla stuff, and then the expansion stuff is really good storytelling wise. Uh, it's like a, like a really good Final Fantasy game. But like, there's this thing where it's like, well, you got to play through the 50 hour vanilla thing first. And I'm like, nope. Yeah, I, you know what? You know what else made me do that? Final Fantasy 13. Like, yeah. play this 40 hours, and it gets really good. I'll never know. Yeah, like, I'm not gonna put in that time to get to the good part. Um, but yeah, this is basically a spoof on Pokemon Go for Final mm-hmm. Fantasy. Um, actually, when I watched this trailer... I feel like this would have worked a little better for like Final Fantasy XV Go, because at least that one actually has you driving around like an idiot right. in a car forever. Like, right. Like that, that would be a very accurate translation of... You know, basically, Final Fantasy XV geocaching would be a direct... Trans- as long as you wore the right black outfit, you'd be living the game. Well, this like there's a I think there's a peripheral that they show in this. Yeah, like a some kind of stick. Also, there's a moment in this where yeah. they explain what "go" means. <laughs> like, "go" stands for something. Like, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> it is pretty good. I just like that idea because I like how many people would destroy their phones doing that. Yeah, yeah. Well, he just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's pretty freaking great. Uh, but Go stands for, like, Global Online or something. Oh, that's so square. It's, it's so square. No, no. But, like, if, if you go and you look at Pokemon Go and Hitman Go and Tomb Raider Go, whatever that means, it works for all of them. Like, there's something hmm. that G-O means in mobile gaming. Yeah, it means go. It means get up and leave. I don't... That's, no, that's a it's backron- gathering online That's or a something. backronym if I ever heard one. That's, that, give me a break. Like it's called go because you get up and leave the seat. But I think it's a double entendre. It's, it's go because you get up and go. But the go also stands for something that makes sense across all those games that have it. Anyway, maybe next week I'll, I'll bring it up. Uh, and then the last one was Let It Die, which is that mm-hmm. crazy like MMO gory is all get out shooter um, from Japan. Created a dating sim called Let It Date, hmm. um, and that was another very common joke this year was whatever game with a dating sim um and that was another popular one oh and then one other one was uh street fighter 5 card battle game Mm -hmm. what was it called i don't know i've seen i saw the the image with the with the looked like cody like a young cody well the funny thing about it is that game informer ran the story today as if it was a story like they there it is yeah, they didn't mention it. Well, yeah, it's called... Uh, Hado Odyssey or something. Hado Stone. Hado Stone. Yeah. So you can see, yeah. They... Rubbing it in that you we haven't had a Power Stone in 15 yeah. years. <laughs> and by the way, Game Informer ran this today mm. as if it was a story. And they did actually have a game up. Like, you could mm. go to, like, and play a little web game that really wasn't a game. It made it seem like you could play it, but you really right. couldn't. Um, and it's gone today. But Game Informer reported it today. And does not label it as... Like, gives no indication? Mm. Yeah. What about Google Google Maps with the Where's Waldo thing? That was pretty oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool, too. Google always does a good one. Yep, usually. So, yeah, those were, uh, those were the big ones. Mm-hmm. And none of them were really great. Is it time to retire the video game April Fool's joke, Matt? No, oh, it was time to retire it a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, Whatever. So. It's fun. Who cares? Well, a lot of people care because people complain about it all damn day. Well, I online. think whoever the editor is at uh, Game Informer cares. He probably cares. <laughs> look, it's not that well, the hard. The story's still up, by the way. It's not that hard to figure this out. Right? You know, it's yeah. like it's, 
Some of them are pretty. How about how about this? If we were as as, as vigilant about what's real and what isn't as we are in April Fools the rest of the year, the fake news thing wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> it's a good it has lesson. It to be April Fools year round apparently. Yeah, it's a good lesson. How about that? <laughs> Maybe we need April Fools more than ever now. That's a good and point. The real, and the re, and the real reward were the friends we made along the way. Right. <laughs> it's great. All right, let's move along. We're going to talk next about Dragon Quest Eleven, finally announced as coming to the West. Mm. Uh, it's launching September 4th, but no 3DS version. They're not going to localize. The West, yeah. yeah, they're not going to localize the 3DS Which version. Which is interesting because they're two different. Like the 3DS yeah, version is, is like a, it's the same game, but it's like it's done in like kind of the classic 2D right. style. Yeah. Um, and then the Switch version, they said, is, quote, much, much later. Yeah. Even Whatever though that means. Even though wasn't the Switch version the first version ever announced? No, it was mentioned, but, like, it was an, it was announced well after, I think. Was it? Yeah. It was, like... I know it was announced at the Switch unveiling. Yeah. The, I guess it was called NX at that but point, but... it sounds like, it, much like that, uh, no, Man, no, uh, no More Heroes game, like, development basically started then yeah you know like it, it the, the the dev kits got there a little late they had just signed on the dotted line basically. now there's a lot of speculation is like will the switch version be the 3ds version like made made all fancy or will it have both will it be like a downscaled version of the ps4 version and the 3ds version combined that you can kind of pick which way you want to play it that'd be cool um, but no one knows, Like, but it seems like a pretty long way out. Do you think it would have been smart for Square Enix to make Switch the lead platform, considering how the Switch is going gangbusters in Japan? I don't think so. they got to get this thing out. And at least if you do the Switch version later, you get a chance that people are going to buy it twice. Yeah. I mean, look, it's already out in Japan, like the other versions. Yeah. Um, it's been out for quite a while in Japan, in all honesty. But the Switch version isn't out in Japan. No, uh-uh. Like, it's, they, yeah. the thing's not, it's not done. So, like, it's either make people wait for this game until next year sometime, or uh, in, the, in the West, or, you know, get it out in a timely manner. Get it out in a timely manner is a better idea, I think. Um, especially because, like, look, there's a niche audience for this. Just, you know, this That's is, this really is, the point, isn't it? Yeah, this is an old school game. You got a certain, a certain audience for it. Get it out there. Let them play it. And I'm sure a lot of them will come back and get the switch version as well like i mean it's a diff it's portable for some reason people care about that uh and if you really kind of tie it in and, and kind of you know give it give it you know the extra content that maybe may, might happen between now and then or like you know make it a new version of the game that incorporates the 3ds stuff like that's probably makes it worth it to a really diehard fan and that's most dragon quest players really because dragon quest is a, a diehards kind of series do you think Dragon Quest will ever be a hit in the U.S.? I mean, Nintendo's tried to help out Square Enix. It published 7 and 8 on the 3DS. Yeah, I don't... But, I mean, I did some research. Again, I did a lot of research for this episode. Um, and it's lucky to sell, like, three or 400,000 copies in the mm-hmm. U.S. I just don't... It doesn't have the cutting-edge quality that I think you need for a Western hit in that regard, like the way to Final Fantasy. Because, look... I think the last few Dragon Quest games have been way better than the last few Final Fantasy games. Yeah, absolutely. Like, do you think it, it's because I, it looks really Japanese? Part. I mean, look, I hate the way Dragon Quest looks because I don't like Akira Toriyama's art. I don't like Dragon Ball. I think I, I play the Dragon Quest games in spite of their look, um, and that's not a thing where I go, oh, I don't like anime-looking things, or I don't like. I just don't like Akira Toriyama's art. Um, and it looks a little too whimsical for some people, maybe, but I just don't like that everybody's got the same damn face. Um, 
But I think this looks nice. Yeah, I mean, it looks. I think it looks really good. There are some moments in this game that are like almost jaw dropping. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, what was, uh, you know eight looked good uh, on the PS2. Um, in general, I think they've done a good job translating kind of the classic uh, art style of it to the modern console of the day. Um, I haven't played ten actually. I don't not not to any great degree. Um, but I think this looks good. Like like in ten term- was an exclusive to the Wii, right? No, I or thought that was, that was 3DS, I thought. No, that, 10? Was a hand, that was a handheld first. That was a handheld game. I mean, console exclusive for oh, Wii U I'm, at first. And now I think it's on everything. But yeah, I thought Dragon Quest X was like all Nintendo at first when it came out. Mm, I think so. I, I, thought I mean, they're still releasing Dragon Quest patches Ten, and updates Dragon for Quest the... Dragon Quest X was, uh, I thought, was 3DS first. Like, there was a whole thing about, oh, it went from... That to handheld or something. Maybe that was nine. I don't know. There's too many damn Dragon Quest games. Well, it's a good thing we have this awesome website called Sifted here where we can check. Um, it's not. Yeah, because it was had the multiplayer thing. Wii. Yeah, it was a Wii game. And it was one of the few Wii games that you played online. The Wii game first? Yeah. Yep. And then eventually it came to PC, Android, 3DS, PS4, and it's coming to Switch as well. Hmm. Yeah. Look at all that Before or after the that header image. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, I guess that's one thing. Square's doing his best. I mean, he's getting it on every platform at this mm-hmm. point. That's why, to me, it's surprising that they pulled back on the 3DS version. I mean, with that install base, that seems like the version they should put out before anything. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, you gotta, you gotta make the Switch version enticing somehow. I still, you know, there's no obviously evidence for it, but I still say that, you know, if you're not gonna put the 3DS version out here, you gotta be combining some of the features of that version into the Switch version that gets released in the West and obviously in Japan as well, which will be kind of a, a double dip temptation uh, for both the PS4 and the 3DS owners, I assume. But, um, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's, uh,. It's going to happen when it happens. Like, you, you can't rush this stuff. Yeah, I honestly don't ever see this series breaking through in the West to be a massive hit. I think it's always going to stay niche. Um, it's, it's very mired in its kind of old-school sensibilities, and, like, I think that's, you know, the way the fans of Dragon Quest would want it. Like, you know, it well, luckily it for it us, is. it sells so well in Japan that... Square Enix can afford to mm. not worry about sales all that much in the West for it. And it has tried for a really, really long time to make this franchise a hit in the U.S. It just doesn't happen. No, I, I mean, I, I like them for the most part. I have all of them on DS and 3DS, all the remakes they did and stuff. And yeah. I, th- I think they're fun kind of like airplane games. Like, they're, you can kind of grind mindlessly on yeah, them. Yeah, the time just wiles or away like, while yeah. you're playing them, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll play this on PS4 or PC. I mean, I don't Yeah, know. it's coming in September too, so it's not like right in the heart of Q4. And these games are gigantic, I might add. Yeah, these are, these are long ones. Yeah, 70, 80 hours at least, just to get through the primary campaign. They're, just, they're very old school. They're very, uh, you know, they're not afraid to throw the stats and numbers at you, and the level ups are, are come, you know, don't come fast and furious, and the stat upgrades are not huge. But it's a you know it's one of the most true series even to this day I think to the um, the roots of the JRPG which come from uh, wizardry uh, which which was a you know a straight up you know D and D derived stat driven yeah dungeon crawler so which is indeed where a lot of this started you know that's why the the battles in the old Dragon Quest games were first person 
Yeah. From Wizardry. Mm-hmm. Wizardry was the vector-based RPG, right? Mm, that was like all the, wireframe. The earliest one, yeah. I played that game. And we... <laughs> Wizardry 3 was usually the one that's cited as the thing that changed yeah. Japanese I played RPG the first design. one. And me and my buddy, we could never make it past, like, the sixth encounter. Oh, they're hard. They were really hard. I mean, hard. those games were just brutally hard, but we would never give up. We're like, we're going to make it past the sixth guy today. And we'd sit there all day trying to get past the sixth guy mm-hmm. and not do it. And we didn't care. That game was scary, too. <laughs> At least for me, at my age, with those vector-based graphics, it scared the crap out of me. Yeah. Those are classics. You can see the, the wizardry pedigree and, and stuff like that. Stuff like Dra- Dragon Quest games and the first Fantasy Star. Dungeon uh, Crawler, first-person dungeon crawling. Yeah. Like, that's, that's where that came from. And then that's kind of the, the JRP you sort of grew out of that yeah. format. And, you know, some... some some series have struck out into strange directions, Final Fantasy, uh, and some series have remained true to those roots. I would say Dragon Quest is one of those. Oh, absolutely. Maybe that's the problem. It probably is, but it's In the like, West, anyway. But it also, like, saying that, saying that Dragon Quest should, like, revolutionize itself and become, like, an action RPG or something feels kind of, like, blasphemous in some weird way. Like, it feels like there's not really that many of these left. Yeah. So, like, let Dragon Quest be what it is. I, don't I know, know, I know that's not a very... It would just be financial suicide. Well, probably, yeah. Because you get all your sales from Japan, and the Japanese are not going to be happy if you take away your turn-based battles from Dragon Quest. That's just... Although I'm sure people said that about Final Fantasy at one point or another, too, so... Yeah, well, they also weren't entirely wrong in some no. ways. <laughs> right. um, and, but there's, you know, there's plenty of room for, like, spin-off stuff. Dragon Quest has a, has a you know, a Musou, Musou game of it. You know, the Dragon yep. Quest Warriors. You can yep. do the, the, what, the, that kind of Minecraft one builders. Uh, yes, yeah. and there's another spin-off. I love the Rocket Slime games, which are a more kind of tower defense action RPG sort of idea. Um, there's a lot of room to play, but I think the main series should kind of stay what it is. Yep, I'd agree with you. There's there aren't enough turn-based RPGs left, particularly yeah. on consoles. Handheld, mm-hmm. pretty good, especially with a little bit of presentation. You yep. know, a little production. We actually have it. like so, a budget behind it. Yeah, yeah, they're rare. I mean, that, I think like I'm not big... gonna lie. I would love to see Final Fantasy show up with a game like this. Yeah, like, like just go completely back to the. Roots I would have and... no problem with Final Fantasy going back to turn-based yeah. at all. In fact, I would probably be more excited to play that game right. than I was for 15. I mean, I don't even like Final Fantasy VII, but the Final Fantasy VII remake was just Final Fantasy VII, but super pretty. Yeah. Like, I'd be in. I would totally do that. I'm going to be in anyway. Might actually be out before 2025, too. <laughs> You're right. That's a good point. All right, we're going to move on to our last topic of the day. This is a topic that in the past is, has drawn some spirited discussion out of the two of us. Um, we haven't talked about it for a really long time. There's been nothing to talk because about. Because there hasn't been anything to talk about until now. The last big update was what? End of last year? Middle yeah. of last year? I think it wasn't it's even like right, It was right year. around the year release anniversary. Yeah. Like yeah. August. What was that called? Ant- uh, there's a word for that update. I can't remember it. Um, I can't remember. It was a... It was a it was a big one. Yeah, it had a lot of stuff in it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the base building. It wasn't. The, it was like a uh, atlas. These atlas up there. Atlas. That's, that's it. it yep. Um, what did I call it? Anthem. Uh, so there's a big update coming to No Man's mm-hmm. Sky. It's called No Man's Sky Next. Yep. Um, and there sounds like it coincides with the release on the Xbox. Yeah, and so there's an Xbox One version mm-hmm. coming. Probably the biggest top or the biggest story from all this. Um, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people assumed that we would never see No Man's Sky on other platforms other than PS4 and PC. Which made no sense, but okay. Well, it kind of does, because, well, people were under the impression that Sony had somehow 
grease the wheels and kind of publish this under camouflage. Which isn't, doesn't make any sense, so... I mean, look... You don't publish things discreetly. Like, that's not yeah, a yeah, thing yeah. that happens. Like, yeah. they, they, they did promote them, but they promoted all their indie stuff. Like yeah, that. I think people thought that Sony was giving a preferential treatment, which made it appear to be a console exclusive for PlayStation 4. There is... I can't think of a PlayStation exclusive that was also on PC that yeah. Sony put money towards. But, it look, happen. if there is a, a pl- an exclusive... It, on another platform, it's going to be PC. So I think that's why people are like, well, if it were on Xbox, obviously not. Right. But, but since you, it's on PC. But I have a one-word response to that, and that word is Bloodborne. Yeah. Not on PC. will never be on PC. Sony published it. Sony put their money behind it. doesn't get to be on any other platforms because Sony's the one, the one platform holder for whom that is true. Right. Like, it doesn't help them if it goes anywhere else. Yeah. Like, they don't want that to happen. So, yeah. Like, Sony did not publish No Man's Sky. They did not put money. They helped... They, promoted it because it was on their platform but like clearly they were instrumental in helping with the playstation version but that's true of every playstation indie yeah for a while there they were pushing indies like crazy you know, they were really trying yeah, to make really it really dial thing. back on that and then it just sort of well, they lost evapor- adam boys evaporated yeah. adam boys left it yeah. seemed like everything just changed and now with like kind of xbox's newfound sort of like hey indies sort of thing like it makes sense that maybe somebody approached hello games and and here we go you know? yeah um, also, because you know now it's the most powerful thing on the market, and you've got the 4K 60 frames a second thing, and and you know they're saying that that's what's going to run run on an Xbox One X, and that's what it runs on on my PC, and it's freaking gorgeous. So like you know, it it helps. Oh, absolutely. Uh, also, rumors swirling that a VR version of No Man's Sky could yeah, be well, on the way. On, that's been on the wish list since I think the first trailer, pretty much. Yeah. Um, not a huge thing on my wish list because VR is just sort of a pain <laughs> to some degree. But it, it is a candidate. It is a, it's definitely a good candidate just if you want to like look around at stuff. Just as an aside, Wipeout 2048 or 2042? 2048 mm-hmm. in VR is apparently like amazing. Mm. Like the Omega Collection thing? Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, I believe it. Like the best PlayStation VR game on the market. I'd like know. to do a stopwatch you know, zero to nauseous with you oh, on, God. on that one. I bet you it would probably take about 15 to 20 seconds. <laughs> I, I'm guessing about that amount of time. Uh, awesome for people who don't get sick, maybe. Um, so what do, you, what do you take away from this? No Man's Sky coming to Xbox One. Do you think it's just all about the power there? Or you think it's no? you think it's Hello Games trying to recoup all the time and money? Do you think Hello Games has made money off of No oh, Man's yeah. Sky? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, they, that thing sold ridiculously well out of the gate. And, yeah, there were refunds, but like I think it sold well above anything they would have expected it to sell. Like, in terms of, like, the size of Hello Games and what they were doing, I have to believe that No Man's Sky sold way better than, like, what they would have expected it to be when they started that project. You know, yeah. like, like yeah, as just sort of like a fly-by-night company, yeah, like, they're like 50, you know, it's standard. They're like 15 people out of Guilford. Like, they're not... The, you know, the idea that this thing was suddenly in the millions of sales, and it looks like it probably was, if it sold somewhere in the in the 400,000, 500,000 range on PC, usually the, the rule of thumb is to triple that for a console. Yeah. Like, it sold real well. So I think they did okay. Um, even with How long the, it was the, in, what, four years in development? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, 15 people, that's... Yeah, and they staffed up to 30-something for the last, like, kind of the, the final yeah. death march or something, I'm sure. Uh, and they had, had to add some people for customer support after launch because, <laughs> and um, 
But yeah, the, the, the updates have been substantial and uh, made the game, you know, by I think a year after when the Atlas update came out, it was probably closer to what it should have been when it came right, out. Right, Um Certainly it was a different game in a lot of ways. I mean, there's um, going to be a lot of people on Xbox who are going to get this game and be like, what was everybody complaining about? Yeah, I mean, that's true, especially <laughs> with whatever this new update is, which you know, right. they say it's their biggest update ever. Ever, yeah. And I mean, some of these updates have been massive, the, like I mean, massive overhauls. The Atlas of the game. one was gigantic. The Atlas one was huge. The Atlas one, like, it's a different game. Yeah. To, to large, I mean, and it, it's a more full-fledged game. It doesn't quite do everything I would like it to, to do. Like, I don't know what the, if this is like a big multiplayer update thing. I will be disappointed because I don't care about multiplayer in this game at all. Don't you think most people um, will be excited though if they'll actually be able to see other players? In the you game. can't see other players in the game. Well, they're just like those orbs or Who whatever. Gives a shit. A like, lot of I, people do. Well, they were wrong. Like, the, <laughs> like it was never supposed to be a multiplayer game. Like, they, even though, even though they did mislead people by saying like there was multiplayer in the game when there w- literally wasn't. There At was all, nothing yeah. in there. The whole point originally was like, yeah, you know, the odds. Yeah, you know, they said the odds of ever seeing another person are basically astronomical. Like, if yeah. you're going into this expecting to be a multiplayer game, don't. Well, they and, they didn't think about the fact that people will try to organize meetups. Yeah, well, that was, I mean, you, you got to know they're going to do that. It's like, even if you don't intend it to be a massively multi, like, like a big multiplayer thing, you had to know someone was going to do that inside of 24 hours because it's gaming. Like, yeah. people do that. Like, so the error there wasn't really, uh, you know, if you'd put that in there and you, they could have seen each other when they ran into each other on the same planet, a lot of the fury would have been dissipated because at least you could. I mean, you right. couldn't do anything about it, but you could see each other. Yeah. If the orb thing had been in place... Even that it would have been probably disappointing. it would have been okay. It yeah. would have been disappointing, but it would have been a thing. Right. Yeah, it would have been there. There wouldn't have been, have been as much backlash. It. Right. Yeah. Um, now, I don't care about that. I, don't, I was never planning to ever bother with any of that. And if I walked past someone in, the, in a game, great, that's cool. But like, it was never going to impact a minute of my gameplay ever. So if this is like a big co-op update, I don't care. Uh, what I'm looking for, I hope you'll, the space battles will be bigger. I hope you can paint your goddamn spaceship for one. Like, the more modifications on the spaceship stuff, um, it really expand the space stuff into something a little more robust. I love that you can have a freighter now, but give me something to do with it, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what I felt about the entire game was there's all this stuff. I feel like I have nothing compelling to do with any well, of there's, it. Well, that's been addressed to a large degree, at least on the ground, I think, uh, in, as of the Atlas up there. There's a story there. There's actually a pretty interesting story uh, involving kind of multiple dimensions, which actually does explain why you, you can only see the other players as orbs. That's a whole thing. Um, I'm not saying that's a, that couldn't be changed if you wanted to make it able to see right. each other physically. Yeah. Um, but it, it does kind of address the idea... Um, the planetary ge- geology has been massively overhauled. The planets are much more interesting. The flight model is different. Each different each ship handles differently now. You can fly much lower. You can crash into the ground if you're not careful. I mean, it it plays much more like what you might have in your head if you just sort of saw the concept on paper. So, or you saw a trailer and you're yeah. like, hey, this is what I think this game will play like. So even as someone who, who put a ton of time into the vanilla launch version of it, like it is, it every update has made it a markedly better game. And I'm sure uh, this update will also do the same, but I do hope that they aren't kind of going completely crazy on the multiplayer stuff and are remembering to kind of keep updating the account. I mean, the, 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 the variety of, of creatures is still, you know, there's a lot to be desired there. They don't interact in a very interesting manner. It'd be interesting to see kind of an ecology really develop in some of these worlds. Is your creature still out there, Matt? No, the Swagosaurus Rex, unfortunately, was erased in the Atlas update. And you're, you're for um, sure that he's gone? I went back to the planet. My, my home base was on a oh. moon in that system. <laughs> I went back, and it's not there anymore. That sucks. 
Uh, so it will have to live on. A figment in, in time. Live on eternally on YouTube. Yeah. It will, well, no, because they pulled that video down. Really? Not my video, but the one that everybody saw where it had the Jurassic Park music on like a, uh, on like a harmonica played badly. Really? The one that like really went viral, they pulled that down after like a week. Really? Because of the music? Because of the music. Yeah. That sucks. Was but, someone uh, serving ads against it? I don't know. Probably. I didn't uh, make it, so I didn't. I don't know. But, <laughs> they uh, made all that money off of your your creation. Yeah. Well, the, well, like the, the somebody was it the Reddit post of the GIF of it is what like really went viral. Right. That, that that GIF was not you know I didn't get any credit for that, but the GIF of that got like three million views. <laughs> that is so great. So somewhere out there, I contributed something. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> to something. Although if I ever meet Sean Murray, and I I don't know if I should really admit I'm the one that you absolutely that, should because because I feel like that was sort of the the the, the focal point oh, for the a lot catalyst. of the screaming. Oh, you're right. Because I, I, I thought that was hilarious. I thought it was yeah, like, that's, that's ridiculous. Funny. That thing is, a, it's adorable and it's got such a swagger to it. And yeah. I'm like, that's funny. And but like a lot of people latched onto that. It's like, this is proof that this, this is game is garbage. This is why the game is crap, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he may not have the warm, fuzzy feeling toward the Swagosaurus <laughs> that I do. By now, he probably does. Maybe. I'm sure he's gotten over a lot of that stuff by now. I, I just, yeah, you just, like, I, I picture saying that to him and just seeing. I'm the guy who found and, and the just, Swagosaurus Rex. And just like have him pick up his phone. We got him. You know, just, <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, you feel a little pinch in your yeah. neck and you just go down. <laughs> That's funny. Like the other Hello Games guys just rappel down right. out of the ceiling. <laughs> uh, will you play this in VR if there is indeed a VR update? Will you give it a, a eh, give it a spin? Man. Do you think it'll really add anything to the game at all? Not for me. I've yeah. played it enough that I, yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I'll probably. You know, put the PlayStation VR goggles on and look around a bit. But yeah. like, I find VR in a game like this would probably be more of a uh, a barrier in terms, you know, in terms of just like, oh, it'd be cool to look around for a while. But after a while, like my head just gets tired of like, yeah. the, you know, it's it's hot and the sweaty. It's just like VR is like a I'm gonna play it for like an hour thing. Um, yeah, I don't get nauseous from it, but it's just like I get tired. <laughs> for me, it's I'm gonna play it for ten minutes. I get thing. tired of like the fogging glasses or having to wear contacts or like yeah. this and that's like eh. and imagine the cable. And I play. I mean, when I play No Man's Sky, I play for hours on it. I mean, it's it's a, that's a that's all night. For well, me, it's like so. I don't know if you remember, but at the beginning of the year, I was like, I'm gonna start like playing VR games to try to get in better shape. Right. And then I realized what a pain in the butt. And all I have is PlayStation VR. Then I realized what a pain in the butt it is to get like the move controllers out and get it all synced up and make sure you're standing in this little box and that it can see like your whole body and it mm -hmm. can see the light on the front and both the lights on the move controllers and then making sure the move controllers are both charged it just just do jumping jacks dude. seriously <laughs> like i was just like what am i doing like why am i going through all this to like i'm just basically, like, I don't want to exercise, so I'm trying to trick myself into exercising. Mm. And, and certain, at a certain point, I was just like, this is ridiculous. Why would I do this? But meanwhile, like, we know a guy named Job, who we're not going to say where he worked, but he worked at a pretty prominent publisher. He started using VR games to lose weight, and he's lost, like, 140 pounds. Mm. And it looks like a different person. So for some people, it absolutely works. For me, it just—it was such a hassle. You got a place to leave the setup accessible. Yeah, it's you can great. just walk in and pick it up. Much I, in the same way, if you have the room to put a Dance Dance Revolution machine in your living you're room, you're probably going to play DDR. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Funny how that works. So, uh, are you excited for this update? Are oh, yeah. You, will you go back and play it some more? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't know. If, I'll probably wait to hear your report on it before I commit to go back and play Maybe it again. Not, I assume. Did you play the Atlas update at all? The little bit, not very much. I played. I think we talked about it on mm -hmm. the show. And I spent maybe like a couple hours fiddling around with it. 
But yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't like dive into I it. I mean, right. my recommendation is probably, I mean, I won't because I've put so many hours into my main saves, but like, I'll probably, I'll start over on, on Xbox. Oh, really? Sure. I'll buy, I'll, I'll triple dip. You got that one X, baby. You know it was going to gorgeous. Uh, I mean, I'm committed. I mean, I, I haven't put it up yet, but I have, I bought from the, the dice auction last year. Uh, they had, you know, they do the, the compare, the, the, the competition of all the concept art and stuff. They had like a, it's like three foot by five foot of the of the main kind of key art with the guy walking towards the the spaceship and the you know the, the yeah. and I bought that from eBay. Did you? Um, and is that the, into the pixel stuff? Yeah, into the pixel. So I, I got that. I won that auction on eBay, and I'm going to frame that thing. It's going to go up in my my front room. That's a great piece of art. Because I love this. I love this game today. I mean, warts and all, and I play. I probably put almost 300 hours into it between the two platforms wow and i'll put and another back for more i'll put another hundred in on the wow. xbox no problem and wow. i'll also go back to my old saves and see how the updates affect them and that kind of thing i love it i love this game it's uh it's an ugly duckling scenario maybe but like it's it's uh it's and it's, it's you know anything it could always be better and slowly it has gotten better and it's about like to I, reach a whole new audience well like i said uh when it, i'm like you know in a year i bet this will be closer to what you know it should probably be and indeed it was yeah i think with the atlas update it's a pretty functional game think we'll ever see a switch version i honestly think it's possible it's possible i mean i think nintendo would have to show interest in it yeah like, nintendo would kind of have to go to them maybe but i mean it's certainly the hardware is certainly capable of running it i believe I mean, this this thing's very because of the procedural. It's right. very CPU heavy. Yeah, it, de- right. it depends how well <clears throat> it depends how well the switch can handle that. Um, I don't know. I don't know enough about the, the mechanics of this thing versus the hardware power of the switch uh, to know one way or the other. I I wouldn't shock me. I feel like it wouldn't be a terrible. It wouldn't be a bad fit. I mean, it's it's got kind of simple graphics. Yeah, but like it, the problem is is the geometry and the draw distance. And right, the that's CPU, the issue. The CPU, even though there's not a lot of detail in the horizon, but it still has to draw out all that mileage. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about you know, can can a 360 run it to some degree? Yeah, um, which maybe. Mm, I mean, the LOD even in the PC version is still an issue. Like it's drawing in ground cover and stuff just 30, 40 feet ahead of you. Mm, no, it's not that bad after the Atlas update. Um, but it's just, it's, you know, it's the CPU, like you're, 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 bo- you're bottlenecked by the CPU on this game, and I'm inter- I would be interested to see how well the Switch could handle that. If they can do it, I bet they will. Team's too small, though, I think. That's why I would say it probably isn't going to happen. Mm. You start thinking about the work they, that I'm takes. pretty sure they would need some support from Nintendo on it, because yeah. they'd, they'd need to know some secrets. Well, you know? it, Hello Games seems to know how to work that angle already. And look, if, you know, port of a years-old indie game... You're already halfway. You're there. in the sweet spot on the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's half the library at this point. All right, that's it. That's our last topic for today's show. A short episode, but we did the best we could with what happened this week. Uh, next short up. Short episode. What time is it? It's 8.30. Is it? It's like two and a half hours. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I think we, oh, I know what happened is we started talking at the beginning for like a half hour about Patreon and all that other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless, it's time for our trailer of the week. And as it was a slow week in games, it was also a slow week for video game trailers. But we decided to stray outside the box a little bit for this one. So there are some Vita fans out there, Matt. I know Colin Moriarty was just here. He's probably the world's biggest Vita fan I've ever seen. Um, And he's not even that big. Yeah, he actually, Colin is a big, bigger guy than I thought. 
Yeah? Yeah, I thought he was, like, short or whatever. He's, like, my height. Like, yeah. Mm. I was surprised by that. But anyway, he's a big Vita fan. He didn't look that big next to you. Yeah, well, that's, I think that's because he was sitting, sitting in, in your my chair. Low chair. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly why. You've, you've got that height advantage <laughs> yeah. like built into your seating arrangement. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, Colin's a big Vita fan, and there are some big Vita fans out there. Uh, Sony has pretty much gone on record saying it will not make a Vita 2. Uh, but that hasn't stopped the fans. And I want to make sure I get the name right to give them credit for this. So, YouTube channel S Gamer Hausnia, I think is how you pronounce it, created a... Hwaznia? Hwaznia? I, I don't know how to say it. So many internet names were never meant to be said aloud. No, you're right. Especially YouTube channels. I think a lot of people never expect anyone to say their YouTube channel name aloud. Uh, they've created a mock-up, a fake... PlayStation Vita 2. So for those of you guys who are always on the stream, you know, now is the time to get questions in the chat. If you're new to the stream... Oh, they're way ahead of you. Yeah, I'm sure they're in there already. Go at Sifted Games, and uh, that way we can pluck them out of all the other uh, conversation in there. So here it is, a fan-made mock-up. This is not real. I just want to reiterate that. This is not real. This is a fan-made mock-up of PlayStation Vita 2. You're, based on your live reactions while we watch that, you are not a fan. That's one of the worst designs I've ever seen. <laughs> like, it's like it's like the iPhone 10 notch, like taken to the crazy. It's like I don't know. Let's just cover the screen with our thumbs, and like that, those sides will never be clean. Like, yeah. it's well, there were lots of mock-ups of Switch when it was called NX that looked mm -hmm. a lot like that. Yeah, before yeah, it, came it looked out. like that fake kind of that that teardroppy sort of shaped controller with the We also had the, the sticks over the screen. Yeah, I just, that's that's so dumb to me. Like it's it's like why would you want you know screen it's like oh we want more screen. It's like yeah, but you're covering it with your hands. Like it's not there's no use to that. There's no point. You're never using that. It's just more another part to get dirty and another part like to use up screen real estate that could be better used. You know, you could use that power to make the actual image you can see better. That's a good point. I mean, one thing I would say about the iPhone X, I have the iPhone X, and people who don't own the iPhone X always complain about the notch. But what people don't understand is that the aspect ratio of the iPhone X isn't 16 by 9. Mm -hmm. um, you get a 16 by 9 full screen watching it, and then you have like the edges, and you mm -hmm. can double tap it, and it will blow it up full screen, but it's actually kind of like zooming in on right. it. So but that is not what's happening on that. No, design. no, absolutely not. But one thing I would say is with the design like that, you could keep make sure when you design games, you keep all the action in the center, and you could do some pretty creative stuff with the screen that actually goes around your thumbs. It's 
Nah, it's too much. It's too much of a variable. Like people's thumbs are different sizes. People hold things differently. Like yeah. you can't always guarantee that information out there is going to be useful to someone. Yeah. It's like it's just a waste of it's a waste of screen space. It's a waste of a giant custom built piece of glass to cover the thing yeah. with. Like it's it's not. No. I know no, it's not no, happening. No, no, Obviously, no. it's not happening. According to Sony, it's not happening. Well, even if it does happen from Sony, it ain't going to look like that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably pretty accurate. All right, but that keep... is a very cool, like, a very cool trailer. I mean, that's, I, I, if if you didn't tell me, I might believe it. Yeah. Except for how terrible I think that is. The idea is. is, but it's also just terrible enough to be real. So. <laughs> that's a good point. All right, let's get to some questions here. Um, w Matthew has always asked great questions. If you could make a film or TV franchise into a game. What would it be and what type? For me, Stargate and either XCOM style or co-op first-person shooter. What about you, man? That's a good pick. Star Wars. EA, where are you? Come on! <laughs> um, hmm. I mean, you it's, know what, you know what it's I would hard like? because they're all made into a lot games of them are. now. You know what I would like? Like, you know, like a total crazy pipe dream, only I would buy this sort of thing. I would like a really good action RPG slash space combat sim game based on the story from Babylon 5. I would like the complete Babylon 5 saga retold as an action RPG Mass Effect style game that was also also had like Wing Commander style combat in the, in the space sequences. How's that for something nobody would ever make? <laughs> Here's what I would like. I would like a... It would have better graphics than the show. At this point. <laughs> You're right. That's funny. <laughs> Here's what I would like. I would like a lost action adventure, lost the TV show, mm. action adventure that starts before the ending so that you can rewrite that god-awful ending into something mm. actually worth experiencing. And maybe have it have branching paths so you can choose a different few different directions for it to go off on. And maybe make one of the branches the ending that they gave you. You know, the ending that everybody guessed when they watched the very first episode of Lost, mm -hmm. and then the writers and showrunners denied that's what it was for the next well, half a decade, and, and then it ended up being exactly what everybody guessed it that's was. That's what happens when you let Damon Lindelof and J.J. Abrams set your universe up. Good luck, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know how episode nine's going to work, folks. But I, look, up until the last episode of Lost, I loved Lost. I was hopelessly addicted to that tv here's show the, here's the thing about i've seen most of it uh i think i skipped most of season six um here's the thing about lost because uh, i've had this conversation with patrick klepek a bit too because he's i think he still believes it's the best television series ever made which is wrong but um <laughs> i would probably not agree with that uh here's the thing if you are in if you're in on lost because you're waiting for amazing answers and a, an overarching sort of explanation and story that like kind of delves into what the island is and how everything works you're lo you're not going to get there it's not it's just not what that is but if you're there for these amazing individual character driven stories that go episode by episode that's what lost is about lost is lost is not about the answer to what the polar bear is lost is about uh, the the constant the episode The Constant, which I think is one of the best episodes of any television show yeah, ever made. amazing, yeah. Um, Definitely the best episode of that series. Yeah, it's, it's about these individual character stories and how those work and how they work as a self-contained exploration of each of these people. That's what Lost is great at. I did. And that would be a great... I think... I agree with you. That would be a great... If you could make a game that got... That captured that aspect of Lost and somehow drove it to some kind of conclusion as a result of that, 
like that would be a great great game. I think the problem with Lost is, or at least what made me so furious, it, it wasn't that it didn't pay off everything, which it didn't. There's tons mm-hmm. of left thread de- threads out there dangling. It's that when it did pay stuff off, it was pretty awesome. And so it's like you look at it like a missed oppor- opportunity. You're like, mm-hmm. wow, the stuff that you paid off and you did explain, like the way you explained it, I never could have dreamt in a million years. I could have dreamt up half the stuff in that show in a million years. That it makes it that much harder when they didn't pay off the other mysteries from the show. And some of them were big that were like appeared on like 20 episodes and they just oh, yeah. forgot about well, it. Be- well, they didn't forget about it. They had no good answers for it, so they just dropped it. They just, like, yeah, it seemed like they just made up some stuff. There's as a they lot. Went along. Of course, the whole thing was made up as they went along. I mean, any look, any X Files fan knows what that feels like. Yeah. Like, there's a point somewhere around season four of X Files where it becomes, okay, clearly you're just bullshitting me at this yeah. point. Like, the episode where the black oil's being made by bees and the clones of Mulder's sister or something. Like, okay, what are you... Aaron Volk, that's the name of that episode. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Come on. Like, you're not fooling me. I know you're not... You know you know that I know that you're not fooling me. Like, let's just be honest about it. Like, come on. Like, where are we here? Yeah. And, like, so Lost reminded me of that a lot, where it's like you could clearly tell people were asking... You know, the, the writers were asking these questions without ever worrying about what the answer is. And the problem with that is you can't tell a good mystery if you don't know who done it. No, you're right. Absolutely. Like, like it all I mean, has to come together. they did try to give you that. They did give you that in the end, like, the who done it. Like the but big... they didn't know that was who done it when they asked the question. Right, And right. that's the yeah. key. Is like, because you're always going to find things like, did they ever explain, I might be, you know, I, this is an honest question, because like, you probably remember the show better than I do, because I don't care. Um, that much the smoke monster. No, the smoke monster. I know they got they answered that, and that was stupid. But like, did they ever like this early in season season one or season two? They pass by like this giant statue of a foot, and they're like, "Who put that statue?" And someone else is like, "The real question is, why did that statue only have four toes?" Yeah. Did they ever explain what the hell that? Well, was? Well, I mean, in a roundabout way, because they talk about kind of the the genesis of man. And mm. that it was an ancient civilization that had lived there before. That maybe it was before man had completely oh. evolved into. So, so we evolved an extra toe, and we so yeah. we won. I <laughs> mean, look, they don't they don't sit there and say like, oh, we man had four toes, and then they evolved mm. to have five. They just basically say this is where mankind came from in a lot of ways, yeah. and because you know we're losing our fifth toe, like right. that said, yeah. that's how that's working well, maybe they lived in that anomaly for so long that they evolved ahead of us and they mm. lost the toe or maybe the sculptor just wasn't very good at feet that's and possible. decided to give up and you know honestly that's maybe it was like the rob lee field of sculptors he's not very good at feet just <laughs> sort of ended okay four is enough like, that is kind of the way it was back in the day <laughs> with cartoons too uh let's see super cordon blue do you think microsoft will eventually turn things around with the xbox brand and once again take the market lead with the follow-up to the one Hey, never say never. I mean, look, I didn't I think never, Sony right. would have taken it for Microsoft. Exactly. But then Microsoft did something really stupid, and Sony could do something stupid, too. Microsoft did a couple of things stupid. I mean, and then you're still dealing think, with Nintendo the, at this point. Like, now, maybe Nintendo's the one who takes top spot next time. Who knows? Nah. Like, I don't know. Nintendo has a big problem with following success with success. It, it does. Ever but, since... The, the only time they've ever done that is the NES and the Super Nintendo. Yeah. But also, like... Even if they are the top-selling console, like that's not where the games will be from the third parties. Like, it, like but it, here's the thing, though: their relationships with third parties are improving right now. Yeah, but you're still because they're so far behind in power. The Elder Scrolls Six is not going to be on the Switch. No, I'm so, talking like, about 
after right. next Switch. Right, well then the Elder Switch Scrolls 6 will be on the Switch. But the new games will be on the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox whatever. But just because Which this is, what is they Nintendo strategy it. right now doesn't mean that it's going to continue that way. It I don't could see, change I, gears. It could, and, but I also don't see Nintendo making two generations worth of hardware power leaps in one changeover. Like, I don't yeah. think... Like, what again? If you're well, Nintendo, what incentive does it have? Right. If you're Why Nintendo, where is your incentive beyond like yeah. we could have parity with the other systems in right. terms of multi-platform library? But if you're doing this well with the Switch, you don't need that, right? Yeah. So yeah, like you know, I don't know. I don't know what Nintendo's. So like, what next is the move is. exact wording of his question? Can Xbox ever be on top again? And sure, they can. But like it, it's going to require some really interesting moves on Microsoft's part. It's going to probably require Sony to make a really big mistake. Sony's got to make a big mistake, and Microsoft's going to have to get his first-party stuff in yeah. order. Um, I know Microsoft has spoken about that over the last couple of months, that it's just now. I mean, maybe for Xbox 2, the first two years, the second year yeah. of Xbox 2, like, it I, starts I, to pay dividends on the, that first-party Yeah, the earliest stuff. you see that paying dividends is launch of the Xbox Next, yeah, whatever it is. whatever it is, yeah. Maybe uh, which is when it matters. Maybe that's why No Man's Sky Next is called Next. Hmm... <laughs> You heard it here Probably first. Not. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, there, there, I don't think any of us can fathom whatever dumb name the next Xbox is. Yeah, have. but I think we'll both agree that One X is not going to turn the tide. No, no, yeah. no, no. I, it, I, I'll, I'll predict this: that whatever they call the next Xbox, you will not be able to shorten it to something uh, with bone in the name because they really <laughs> don't like it. When yeah, you do they're that. real sensitive about that one. Uh, let's see. Uh, Don Lionheart, did you guys hear about Shadow of War removing microtransactions next month? Either way, what are your thoughts? Yes, we actually Indeed. did hear this. It broke literally right before we went uh, went live. Um, Matt talked about it when he walked in, and then somebody, uh, Vincent actually, sent it to me on chat on Twitch. So we knew about it just as the show started. Couldn't officially get it into the show, but here it is. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, here's my take. I, I think that uh, that Warner Brothers was like, we can't make any money off our microtransactions, so why are we making our game crappy when we're not making any money off of it? So let's just get rid of them. Uh, mine is not is a little tweak on that. I think they did make money off of the microtransactions, but it stopped because launch window's over. Everybody who was going to spend money on it spent money on it. So they're like, okay, let's strip them out and make a big announcement about it so that like we're about to drop the price and kind of do kind of a game of the year edition version. And maybe we can get the people that refuse to buy it because of the microtransactions to buy it now. Yeah. I think it's just a move to like, like they've made their money on the, on the real money transactions and now they make this little tweak and hope that they can get more sales from the people that refuse it because they are hoping those people are going to interpret this as like a positive move. But instead, I think it's more like, well, we milked these folks for everything they're worth. Now let's milk these guys. Yep. And I'm saying that as someone who really enjoyed Shadow of yeah, War. Yeah. And we'll probably go back and finish that last you know, Act 4 when they change it to be more narrative-driven and less grindy. Because I, I, it's not that I didn't enjoy it, but I just ran out of time. Like, you know, the fall continued and other games came out and I couldn't just keep playing the same Fortress battles over and over again. And I think regardless of reason, which... You know, you can assign it however you want. The bottom line is, the game is going to be better for it. Yeah. Which is really all people should care about. I'm sure there's a lot of people who haven't touched it for a while, who the bought main, it. The main change I back. would make is, uh, I noticed when I would play, like, the sieges, especially against other players. Like, you know, you know, you know the asymmetrical, you know, siege thing you can yeah. do. 
felt to me like my legendary orcs died really fast. Yeah. And if they die in those, they're gone forever. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, are you killing my legendary so I gotta buy more of them? Because I'm not gonna. Yeah. It's but I'm possible. really unhappy that I lost my legendary because I liked that one guy because he was a bard and he sang a song before he hit someone over the head with his lute. <laughs> yeah, so I think we, we can agree it's a good thing ultimately. Yeah. Regardless of why they're doing it, uh, as long as you get to a good end result. Yeah, I mean, sure, you could make the argument that it would have been better if they did that from the outset, but that game was, like, num- number one for October and stayed in the top ten for months, so clearly And we don't know how much fine. money they made off the microtransactions yeah. either, so... And uh, we'll never know. But. Presum- presumably, if they weren't making any money off it, they would have done this sooner. Absolutely, yeah. And but it really, it really feels like this is, what, six months later? Yeah. So, like... That's run its course. It's time. Like it's time Here to start, comes the game It's time to start version. bundling all the DLC into one box. You know, coming sell out. it for fifteen, twenty bucks cheaper. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, this one, this food, one doesn't yeah. have microtransactions in it, so haha. Yeah. And usually, when Warner Brothers releases like the game of the year, it's a different skew. Yeah. So this different skew would be a different thing with no microtransactions and a totally different trophy and achievement list and. Man, I wouldn't want to play that game over again. But and uh, then the cycle <laughs> will be in two years from now. It'll go free to play. And all yeah. the microtransactions will come back. <laughs> Man. <laughs> it's kind of crazy how the cycles are starting to work, huh? Yeah. That, man, that would be ingenious. Yeah. Just in time for the third one to come exactly. out. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's answer a couple more. Surprised there hasn't been a mobile version. <laughs> it just does the siege stuff back and forth. Uh, from the Legacy, have you seen Tomb Raider, the movie? No. Me either. Um, I ain't spending 15 bucks to see that. Don Lionheart, is Game Face permanently on Mondays now? No, we're trying to get it back to Friday. Um, we're just kind of stuck in this loop of no news. So we keep trying. We wanted to do it this past Friday, but nothing had happened because we had just done it on Monday. And so we waited to Monday and still nothing happened. So things are just really slow right now. We do eventually want to get back to doing it every Friday. So this isn't permanent, uh, but for the time being, it's the best we can do. Um, let's see. Uh, Vox91, do you think there is any game in threat of having similar problems that where the water tastes like wine had coming out this fall? Did you hear about this? Uh, I saw some vague stuff about, like, it didn't sell remotely what they hoped it would. It sold around 4,000 copies. That's not good. Yeah. And it worked on it for, what, like four years? Yeah. Hmm. That'll kill a studio. Yeah. Um, Less than that'll kill a studio. That game days. in particular was... I don't know a lot about that. I feel like it wasn't promoted no, tremendously Exactly. Well. It was marketed horribly. For the first three years of development, there was just like a teaser trailer and like two screenshots. And then by the time it was released, I believe there were like five trailers total. Actually, let's, go, let's look really quickly on Sifted. You'll be able to see very fast what kind of coverage it had. This is a great thing about Sifted, too. You can really get a good idea of what kind of a marketing and advertising plan a game had based upon how much content there is for it. So this is everything that was ever published for this game. That's not a lot. And one of them is the Sifted Fantasy League draft. (laughs) So you can see, that's all that was ever published for this game across all platforms. There's its aggregate score of a 7.4. Let's look at how many trailers there were for it. Six. Six total trailers for this game ever. Not terrible. Not terrible, but that's kind of typical wheelhouse for indie Mm -hmm. games. Um, The look of the game, 
I mean, it just has a very weird art style. I think people had problems figuring out exactly what it was supposed to be. Yeah, I would agree with that to some degree. Also, like, the name doesn't tell me anything. Like, I can't tell what it, what, what it, like, where the water tastes like wine is a cool name, but it also doesn't tell me anything about what I'm supposed to be. It's not memorable. It's not snappy. It also makes me think it's like, oh, it's one of those pretentious indie things that, like, I usually don't enjoy very much. So, like, it, it kind of, like, the name kind of turned me off, which is, yeah. you know, I, I generally look at stuff beyond that because I know better than that. But, like, I think if it says that to me, it would say that to a lot of other people. What does this game, what does this say to you, though? You're watching it, you're like, what, ga- what kind of game is this? You have no clue. I don't know. Is it a card battle game? Is there mobile? Do you use your smartphone? It keeps showing like a phone sliding. Like, what is it? I don't know. I just think the marketing was poor for the game. I didn't think there was enough marketing. I know they didn't reach out to us with the review code to review it. Mm. Typically, indies we have no problem with because they're begging for people to cover their games. Never heard anything from this publisher or the developer about this game. Um, So I guess to answer your question, uh, whether or not... We see a game coming in Q4 that might suffer the same fate. Absolutely. If they follow this mm-hmm. model and if the game isn't really yeah. getting a lot of traction. Although, although part of it is like, if we can predict that now, the game is probably not in the scenario that where you're the right. water tastes like wine. Yeah, you're good. That's a good like, point. This yeah. is sort of a, you know, just by the nature of how the where, where the water tastes like wine like ended up where it is, yeah. we wouldn't have heard of that game yet. No, you're right. Until it's hindsight, basically. Yeah, you're right. Um, so it's certainly possible. Um, four years to build an indie game, that's not good. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. That, it shouldn't take that long to create an indie game. Um, that's so what co- is it, actually? Yeah, I don't even know. Oh. We can go back to the site and we can look. Like what, is it like an RPG-ish sort of thing? Or like a, like a it's an action-adventure. Really? I didn't get that from that trailer. Yeah, exactly. A bleak American folktale. This is my writing, by the way. A bleak American folktale about traveling, sharing stories, and surviving manifest destiny. Hmm. I must have been real tired when I wrote that blurb. <laughs> so, yeah. I, and I think that's the problem. It's like, what is the game? And no one can ever really quite figure it yeah. out. So, um, it, it takes a number of factors to have the end result that that game got. It's not just one thing. Yeah. Although, I guess it could be one thing if you just did something really disastrously. But that game was underground way too long. When it did come up for air, I don't think it did a good job of representing itself or explaining what it was, and people just weren't interested. Mm-hmm. So, all right, one more question before we go. It can happen. I mean, I also, you know, it didn't happen, but I could easily have seen the same fate kind of befall something like Night in the Woods, which is is you know a very esoteric kind of thing. But Vincent at least says the, at least the trailer for Night in the Woods showed you what the gameplay was. Right. Uh, Vincent says that you collect stories and trade them, whatever that means. Okay. <laughs> he also wrote, all that really stood out from my impression is that a lot of journalists wrote that Sting was in it. <laughs> and that's when wow. you know you're doomed. Uh, let's see. Can we find one more? Here's a good one from S1 Agather. If you could give the Star Wars license to any developer, who would make the game and what would it look like? Give it a Bioware and make Knights of the Old Republic three. Yeah. Um, but if we're talking like more like what the deal with uh, EA is, 
Um, God, I would honestly give it to Ubisoft. Yeah. Because they can they can crank the content out. They can make big worlds where you can do justice to like the settings of the Star Wars universe, and they can probably come up just just go to that guy who who made For Honor and have him come up with a lightsaber system, and you're golden. I maybe give it to Bethesda. I would rather see something. I've had enough multiplayer Star Wars games. I want a really good single player Star Wars game. And I'm talking about single player. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't I, multiplayer. I don't care. I mean, I'm talking about For Honor with lightsabers. I'm talking about like Far Cry with got lightsaber ya. combat kind got of thing. Um, but I would also like to see uh, you know X-wing and Tie Fighter. So maybe maybe pull something. Pull the guys who made uh, God. What was it? Blazing Angels. Yeah. That, that squadrons Ubisoft, of World Ubisoft? War II. Yeah. Like <laughs> what are those guys doing? Bring Montreal back in. What are they doing? <laughs> um, Bethesda. Like I I could maybe. Mm, Bethesda, if they published it and got Obsidian to make it and didn't use Gamebryo? What about Arcane, though? Instead of making, like, Prey or Dishonored, what if those guys worked on a Star Wars game? They already kind of have, like, the Jedi powers and all that in their games. Yeah, but I don't really like how they feel. I don't games. either. I don't so either. I wouldn't want to. But uh, I think the no. type of games that they make would lend very well to that IP. Sort of. I mean, if you really want to get crazy, I'd go have Ken Levine rebuild Irrational Studios and and make yeah. make a, a Jedi <laughs> we are game dreaming, of his own. right? Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, sure. Like it's. Uh, but if you want to talk something, I think would actually happen and come out. I would go. I would go to Ubisoft, and I would get the Assassin's Creed Origins team. And I would bring Amy Hennigan to write it, and I would have the Ferrano guys uh, consult on the combat, and I would make that. All right. And it would be basically like four different planets, each the size of like you know like a normal Ubisoft map. Right. Uh, Coruscant and Tattoo, you know, the main big ones. And you would be you'd start off as like a smugglery guy or girl. You'd create your own character, and eventually you discover you're force sensitive. And then you start to like pick up force stuff if you wanted, and like build a lightsaber if you wanted. Like you could be a smuggler or like a shooty guy all through the whole thing if you wanted, but you could become a Jedi as well, and it would just be kind of like open GTA Far Cry in the Star Wars universe. I'd buy it. I think you would too. And I wouldn't make you climb antenna to see the rest of the map. Either. I'd sure the hell buy it before Battlefront Three. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. That may be the next Star Wars game we see. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. From Respawn, maybe. I would. Yeah. It's. A, Mm. Yeah, mm. we'll see. All right, that's going to do it for Game Face episode one, two, three here on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. Thanks to everybody who made it into the stream on Monday and asked great questions at the end of the show, as usual. Um, Pactor Factor going live on Thursday for everyone the world over. Uh, I know a lot of you guys have already seen it, uh, but I feel like Pactor Factor 100 is a great opportunity for us to maybe reach some new people. Uh, so once it does go live on YouTube, I would really, really appreciate it if you guys could go and share the show and like the show and all that other crap that everybody on YouTube asked you to do. Um, I never ask anyone to do that stuff. Maybe I should, uh, but this time I am because Probably. I think if people watch this show, maybe they get an idea of the quality of content that we do on Sifted. Yeah, but then it blows up and everyone's just like, how come nothing else you do is on a boat? Yeah. <laughs> I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. And then we end up you. doing Game Face in a dinghy. I'll, I'll and... take... <laughs> I'll take the, the blow up part first, and then we'll deal with the fallout after that. So anyway, keep an eye out on our Twitter feed on Thursday. We'll be sure to post it there or on my personal feed at Denfire. So everyone have a great week of video games. We'll see you next Monday. Game Face is up and out.